0: Hi, and welcome to the Origins Podcast. I'm your host, Lawrence Krauss. Carlo Rovelli is well-known throughout the world for his popular science writing. His uh, book, Seven Brief Lessons on Physics, was a runaway bestseller. It's a very brief book talking about a variety of ideas in modern physics. It came out of articles he wrote for an Italian newspaper, and he's written uh, numerous small, short monographs on different areas of physics that have captured the public's imagination, not least because he loves to introduce ideas from literature in particular in art into into his discussions of, of physics now i've known carlo for a long time as a physicist back from way back when i taught at yale university he would come and visit as a collaborator of my colleague then colleague lee smullen and they were talking in the nascent stages about an ideas uh, that a group of physicists have been exploring called loop quantum gravity uh, which is an alternative to string theory as a potential theory of quantum gravity it's caught on less among physicists and among the public than, qu- than string theory but nevertheless it's a serious attempt to deal with many of the problems and paradoxes associated with developing a quantum theory of gravity and that's particularly relevant for the new book that he's just written called White Holes. we I wanted to talk to Carlo about that but it also gave me a chance in this uh, podcast to have a discussion about his early life and what got him interested in science and literature in particular and also politics which I hadn't realized he was quite uh, uh, very interested in as a young person so we had a fun discussion there and then and then talked about loop quantum gravity where it came from and how it's where it's going and that allowed us to move into the idea of white holes now black holes are among the most exotic objects we know in physics and they present various paradoxes things fall into a black hole, nothing comes out, but if they evaporate by quantum processes, as Stephen Hawking suggested, then information gets lost as they evaporate, and that violates a fundamental law of quantum mechanics. Also, at the center of a black hole, uh, essentially at the center, there's a a singularity in classical general relativity, a region of infinite mass density, uh, where the laws of physics break down. Most physicists think that a theory of quantum gravity will resolve that and smooth over singularities, and might also solve the information loss problem. <clears throat> when thinking about that and imagining the process of falling into a black hole and thinking about the physics of what that entails, uh, Carlo likens that to Dante's journey into hell, which is normally, for most people, a one-way trip, in, at least in mythology. And, but, of course, Dante gets out. And Carlo imagines something similar might happen. He argues that near the singularity of a black hole, quantum processes might turn a black hole into a white hole. White holes have been around for a long time in theoretical physics. They're the time-reverse solution of general relativity from a black hole. Everything falls into a black hole, and for white hole, everything comes out. Uh, and while they've been discussed, no one's really had any evidence that they exist or good ideas where they might come from. But Carlo argues that perhaps in the latter stages of its, of its collapse, it turns into a white hole, which might resolve many of the problems of black hole collapse and information loss. It's an interesting idea, I'm skeptical of it, and I expressed that skepticism uh, when we discussed uh, these ideas, and I hope you'll, you'll find this a kind of interesting discussion to see how physicists talk to one another, even if they disagree, which often happens at the forefront of physics, but ask each other questions and try and propose ideas that might allow one to at least test in one's mind the consistency of the ideas. Either way, I hope you really enjoy this fascinating discussion with Carlo Rovelli. You can watch it ad free on our critical mass substack site uh, if you become a, a paid subscriber and of course you can watch it later on on our youtube channel our origins project youtube podcast youtube channel or of course you can listen to it on any podcast listening site no matter how you listen to it or watch it i hope you enjoy it as much as i did and i hope you'll consider supporting the origins project foundation either by subscribing to the podcast or by don- donating directly because. The Foundation supports the podcast, makes it possible, and also public events and other opportunities for the public to interact with leading scientists and scholars and thought leaders who were discussing the most interesting ideas in the 21st century. No matter how you watch it or listen to it, I really hope you enjoy this dialogue with Carlo Rovelli, and with no further ado, here's Carlo. Well, Carlo, thank you for taking the time to spend time with me. It's been a it's been a long time since I think we were together physically. The last time I can remember was in Germany, I think um, long maybe, ago, maybe That's right. 10 years ago. But we're That's now right. both located in the same country. It turns out uh, different parts of the same country. You're in London, That's Ontario. Right. I'm here in Prince Edward Island. So we're both uh, right. we both moved to Canada. And um, you were just telling me you like London, which is nice.
1: I love Canada.
0: Oh, you like Canada? Love Canada. Well, yeah. we can talk about that. I I moved back here for to, mostly to, to escape the United States, but that's a different question. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about where you've been. But in fact, what you may not know is that since this is an origins podcast, what I like to do when I talk to people I'm interested in talking to is to find is to find out about their origins, how they got to where they are. Before we then talk about the things they're now doing that are of of such great interest. So I want I want to explore a little bit about you and I don't um I don't know that much. I, I know that you're born in Verona, is that correct?
1: That's correct. I'm Italian yeah. I was born in Verona. That's yeah. right. And is yeah. that
0: the city of Dante? I notice in your book you keep talking about it. So is that where Dante's from?
1: No, Dante's from Florence, but he was uh, uh exiliated from Florence because he was politically minded and got involved in all sorts of troubles. So he had to run away and he spent time traveling and he spent most of his uh, exile time in Verona. So okay, he wrote his main point, things in Verona.
0: And one point in the new book, we're going to be at some point talking, I'll show it anyway, a uh, new book, uh, White Holes, which, which, yeah. uh, which is one of the reasons we picked this time to talk together. Um, but I noticed in the book at one point you 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 reminisce about about a fountain and a stairway, and thinking that he, he was That's there. Right. Of course, he loved to quote right. uh, Dante, and we'll get we'll get to that. I think you argue that going into a black hole is somewhat like like Dante's trip into hell, but then just Very like much. Dante, you can come out again
1: very much so the 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 book the book you just showed is uh it's a uh, it's plunging into black hole going down down like dante got into into the hell and then coming out like dante actually did uh, through purgatory and uh, and 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 paradise yeah. so it's a similar trip
0: yeah it's true i, co- I it copied like that a story it's a very short story it's a very very short story uh and 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 uh I- embedded in that short story is a lot of stuff not just literature, but physics, and I want to unpack that as I unpack your physics career. But so, in any case, you—what I don't know—you were born in Verona. What I don't know any about is your parents. Were either of them academics, or were they? No. Uh, no,
1: my father in engineering, and uh, my mother. It's, it's, uh, I was born in the in the late fifties, so it's a different universe. She was a, a a woman at the house. She was working in in, in the house. She was proud of not working. that's the different. Was she different, did she go to
0: university? Was she was she educated at university or or not?
1: She she had she was he had a good education. She was a, um, a, a education of a, of a teacher so uh she she studied uh, uh, for being a teacher uh she worked a little bit when she was a young woman but then she met my father and uh, uh, it was her decision at the time to give up working and uh, uh, be the wife of my father and and taking care of the house and this little little thing, this little boy, which was me at the sure, time.
0: Sure, sure. I understand. Well, may, I was trying to think of what your influences were. So she had been a teacher. I was trying to think, and your father was an engineer. So yeah. I was f- wondering where your interest in science came from. Did you, Was it come from your father, talking about science? Was it from your mother giving you books? Or or were books an no, important part?
1: Yeah, books were an important part of my life. They were both very much... Um, I would say respectful but more than respectful uh they had a, a sort of adoration for anything cultural there were books in my you see I yeah, still this is my house it's still yeah. books all over and That's when I grew fun. up yeah exactly when I grew <laughs> up as a kids there were books all over where I in fact my 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 room and my bedroom was covered by book on three three sides I loved reading. Um, there was enormous respect for culture. My father perceived himself as an engineering, as a kind of uh, uh, second level with respect to the real people, the important people who, for him, were sort of university professors of all kind that were um, dealing with knowledge in general. Um, but I was not a kid fascinated by science, not at all. I was just curious, curious about everything. And I've been curious all my life. I, I got interested in science very late. I would say uh, 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 already well into the university, at the, the time which in the, in the in, in American system would be the beginning of the graduate studies.
0: So what did you, want, what did you do in undergraduate? Uh, what did you do your undergraduate studies in? I know where you went. Did you, do, did you go to the same university for undergraduate as well as graduate?
1: No, the the China system was a bit dif- different at the time. It didn't have this exactly this division. Uh, let me let me start a step back. I went to a high school. High school is very important in Europe, much more than uh, than in the US. It's more formative. Mm-hmm. Um, high school was my high school was mostly based on uh, uh, humanities, classics, uh, history, uh, philosophy, literature. Um, Then at the end of high school, when I went to college, I I sort of uh, didn't know what to do. I I went here and there, and I focused on physics already, uh, but not really because I wanted to do that. Uh, Mostly just by excluding everything else, and uh, I was not very interesting. I was not a good student. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was was a good student, but I didn't pay much attention to study, Mm -hmm. I was much more interested in traveling, uh, doing politics, uh, meeting people, listening to music, staying with my friends and learning, reading. Uh, uh, that was, a, you know, the time of the youth rebellion, so it was part of these waves of we don't want to be like our other fathers.
0: Um, yeah, and we, I was very much into that. Full disclosure, you're, you're two years younger than me, so I know the era. Yeah. You know the era, right. I was part of that era.
1: So I had long hair and was traveling all around the planet and spent a lot of time in Canada hitchhiking. I did cost to cost alone hitchhiking in Canada oh. uh, when I was 20. Why
0: Canada? Did you have family here? Why Canada?
1: Oh, no, no, no. Because uh, the big fashion in Italy was to make a big uh, trip east. Uh-huh. All my friends were going to, you know, Afghanistan, India, yeah, and uh, of course I wanted to be different than anybody else, so I did. I decided to a big trip west. Okay, and Canada sounds sounded great. Actually, no, because I looked for the price of tickets, and it was cheap and flying to Montreal was much cheaper than flying to New York. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> But when you say coast to coast, just this is irrelevant. But I, it's a bone to pick for me because I live on the Far East Coast. A lot of people say coast to coast, and they start in Montreal and they go to Vancouver. That's not coast to coast. Did you actually start? And did you go oh, to the right. east coast of Canada? Did people forget I, that? I, part?
1: You're right. I apologize. That's absolutely. You're absolutely right. I did the Montreal to Vancouver. Yeah. That's okay. You're which,
0: you're in good company. Is, although which is long,
1: long. enough. <laughs> it's yeah. long enough. Especially yeah. for an Italian yeah, it's a We used to miles. Yeah. Now, you,
0: you, the uh, the fact that your that your uh, um high school was, you know, humanities oriented, it's clear the literature had a huge impact on you and the literary allusions yeah. in all your writing are are as extreme. And um we'll get to did you well, maybe I'll ask a little bit now. Did you? So, did you have to write a lot in school? Where did your interest in writing begin? Well, I want to talk about that later again as well. But
1: I. Good question. I was uh, uh, again. It, it was uh, not through school. I've been writing all through my life. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a sort of uh, uh, restless adolescence. Uh, not very happy. Full of troubles just hmm. internal
0: yeah well a lot and, of people uh, love
1: that yeah exactly so i had uh, one of these adolescents that uh, that's a big fine life, living hard hard and i i used to write i have um, even now i mean i have uh, uh, boxes with uh, notebooks with just writing 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 i never imagined that would become something i would do uh not just for myself um in in, in write but i've always been writing uh, and I always been reading. I mean, always been reading literature, always been reading um, all sorts of things uh, uh, in in my life. The actual uh, book writing started very late in my life, in the fifties, when I was fifty. Sorry,
0: not in the fifties. Well, when began, I was 50. it didn't begin by <laughs> writing. You're writing for newspapers, and then you sort of. Like... Put that together, or did you? Was your first?
1: Thing well, if you want to see, yeah, if you want to trace this, uh, it actually the, there is a first chapter of that, which is uh, um, when I was at the university in Bologna in Italy, in Bologna as mm-hmm. an undergraduate, right? uh, that was uh, uh, 77. There was a big uh, uh, student revolt uh, in 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 Italy, sort of like uh, the last phase of phase of may 68 uh, yeah. in, in paris um the government were doing something uh pretty fascist at the time and uh, and the students were on the streets, and uh, so i was involved in that and after that i wrote a book uh-huh. on that so that's my first book actually
0: <laughs> i knew yeah i'd heard about that and i was going to ask you about your Politics, you've always been quite political, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I've
1: always been quite political, even now. I mean, I, there's always this side uh, side interest of me, which is uh, interest in the sort of common affairs of humankind.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about politics later on, because there's so many interesting questions going on. But yeah, you were part of that student revolt, and your first book, and it got published uh, in Italy, th- that book?
1: It got published, uh, it got published in a... Um, an interesting manner because police was not happy for the book being published. So police tried to stop it uh repeatedly. So we found uh we found uh, a publisher who actually uh, used the, a, a a printing uh uh house uh, Heated in the countryside, far away from Verona, <laughs> the, uh-huh. and the, the the publishers from Verona, as a left wing publisher, uh, to avoid the police stopping it. Um, when the book came out, it was charged with all sort of. Uh, so I, I got I got in trouble with the uh, judiciary, but then everything was dismissed. It was charged by uh, uh, sort of opinion crimes like um, instigation to. Uh, you know, to yeah. commit crimes like uh, um, despising the the flag, uh, uh, despising the, the the Italian, whatever. I mean, it didn't it didn't even get to to a natural trial when when it when uh, when it went from the police to a judge. A judge says, "Come on, this after all, Italy is still a free country when you can say what you want." So I was uh, everything was dismissed.
0: Okay, and so that was yeah. So uh, we'll, as I say, we'll talk about politics. That was a, and so that was. Your first book but then it was a while before you wrote another one and and
1: um it was very long and uh uh i would somehow in my late 20s at some point politics and uh, you know the dream of changing the world and making a better world uh, seemed to be too hard and uh it is. how would i put it the majority of people didn't seem to be interested in that that was the uh that was the point so we lost the revolution. And uh, and I was searching for something else to do. And at that moment, I just fell in love with um, with science. Uh, I just was, a, uh, it, it was, a, uh, let me put it this way. I was going to college as a second or third activity for me, but I had to take exams once in a while. Uh-huh. And at some point, I took an exam on, uh, uh, I started taking exams on advanced physics, relativity and quantum mechanics. Yeah. Uh, and it just blew my mind. It's at this point, it blew my mind. And I said, wow, this is fantastic. So without even realizing that, I was spending more and more time studying physics. And...
0: uh, So so that's intriguing to me. So you got interested in physics, at an advanced stage. It's not like the US yeah. where you had to take physics at an early stage first in order to be able to do the advanced courses or? I
1: did take physics. I did take a, a, a early uh, texts, uh, exams on, on a sort of classical mechanics, but that was boring. That was not particularly interesting. Yeah, I did it, I was good. I, I just sort of was flying through these things and then think about something else. Uh, but modern physics was great and uh I would I was not in the Italian system you can um, you don't have to go to classes if you if you want so you can I I used to go to the first one or two lectures uh, and then if I found the teacher boring which was Happening most of the time, <clears throat> I would just go see him and say, "Please tell me what book sh- I should study." I was studying at home, and usually, what I would do is just not take one or two books, but take four or five uh, to get a larger perspective, different different stories. Um, and then I was taking taking the exam, and usually going pretty well, and doing something
0: else. But again, you say now, okay, I was going This answers the question. I was wondering why physics, but. But you say this was this was not as an undergraduate, this was more at what you might call the graduate stage? Or was it in...
1: Yeah, Italy at the time had a different system than the, the graduate-undergraduate. So there was a first longer part, which would be sort of uh, undergraduate plus first year master's. And undergraduate like that. you
0: did all sorts of things, literature, histories, what are... Uh, I,
1: I I was already focused, I mean, the the my... my my university curriculum
0: was centered on physics. Oh, so, so you made that decision. So let me go back again. Why, after a school of humanities and literature, did you choose to focus on physics when you entered university? That's what surprised me. Uh, because because
1: uh, I actually was not interested in studying. My my dream was to, um, to be a beggar. Uh-huh. Uh, well, to go around the world and do nothing. Which uh-huh. uh, you shouldn't think was uh, underestimating myself because my model was buddha so oh. which is not underestimating yourself um, yes. That's true. um uh, and then my sort of uh, i i failed that i'm a failed beggar uh <laughs> and i wanted to uh I, I, so i i had to actually uh what happened What what really happened is that i didn't want to enrolled in university and I want to start again traveling but uh, um, police find some marijuana some some in my in uh, my motorbike oh, so there was okay. a moment okay. so I could not leave Italy and I said okay so I'll go to university for the moment to see what happens next and then I had to choose so there was a long list of topics at that point you have to choose sort of your major in and uh, I said, not this, not this, not this, not this. I got to the end and there was nothing left. So I got back <laughs> and I tried to leave something out. Philosophy was one thing I was interested. Mm-hmm. Physics, I was interesting because physics seemed to me uh, something fundamental about reality that humankind has sort of worked out, which was relevant for understanding the world. So that was the aspect of physics that were intriguing mm-hmm. me. And I would say, I want to know about that. Um, I was a very pretentious adolescent, if you want. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Uda was my yeah. uh, model or Alexander the yeah, Great yeah, or, or yeah, Aristotle, right? So things. yeah, so <laughs> um, so I wanted to know everything. And I thought about philosophy because it seemed to me that philosophers are, are, are those who ask the big questions.
0: Well, why but, not philosophy then?
1: Right. And there were very specific reasons I discarded philosophy, because after all, in the sort of a little bit uh, mad uh, mindset of those years, uh, I did not trust the system and I did not trust university. So uh, philosophy was too important to, to, to <laughs> left it to my, to the university
0: system. Oh, uh,
1: we my. were a bit, we were a bit wild at that time. Now that I think about it, uh, but really, that, that was.
0: Now ba- you are, if I'm not mistaken, you're now at a school of philosophy, are you not?
1: So, I am. I am. Yeah, the, the, uh, the interest of over. philosophy always remained there. When I, when I, um, uh, when I moved to Pittsburgh much later in my life, which is uh, one of the greatest uh, philosopher physics uh, school in the world. Oh. Uh, I was uh, spending my time uh, in the philosophy, in the sort of well, history philosophy department.
0: You're jumping for me perfectly. So after, I was wondering why you came to the United States and when, I knew you later. Uh, but so after graduate school, what did after you graduate
1: school After graduate school, I sort of uh, uh, bounced around in Italy from one city to the other. With I got some postdoc position in, in Rome.
0: Had you focused uh, already in general relativity at that point? or?
1: Yeah, what happened is that uh, after I sort of got full immersion in physics, I was very fascinated by that. So uh, I was studying, studying, studying. One day I went to the physics department in the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is before the internet. And the way you would get information about research going on is through preprint Preprints were these uh, yeah, yeah. uh, copies of, of of articles that were in a shelves, in a shelf in the in the, li- in the library. So you would skim through, and there were all this boring thing like you know, uh, measurement of a cross section at CERN or things like that. But then there was this one uh, by Chris mm-hmm. Isham, um, mm-hmm. and it was a review paper on the problem of quantum gravity. And I, I, of course, I couldn't understand a word, what was inside, but the, what I understood is that at the core of modern physics, there is a fundamental open problem, which is the, you know, understanding quantum space time, the, 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 the disconnection between general relativity and quantum mechanics, uh, which was open. And because of that, we don't know what is space. We don't know what is time. And you know, uh, the young kid I was, fantastic. That's what I want to do. I want to study that. <laughs> I okay. I want to spend my life doing that. And unbelievably, uh, you know, this is uh, you know, forty five years later, and that's what I've done.
0: Well, no, it's not. Yeah, you certainly focused on that, and uh, and and so so you got a postdoc. You say where was in it, Italy or?
1: Yeah, I got a postdoc in Rome. I mm-hmm. was studying alone. Even my my PhD, I continued this uh, very solitary ha- habit of studying i was not really inserted in a research group also, also from from this perspective my uh, uh, my path as a physicist uh, is not uh, the most common one because uh, i didn't really come out from a school I, I had good teachers there were some good teachers in 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 uh, uh in Bologna, which I followed, and in Padova, where I did my PhD, which I where I followed some classes. Uh, but my advisor was a great scientist, but doing something completely different. And he was saying, Well, if you want to study that, Carlo, go ahead. I mean, I was chatting with him once in a while, but I was just on my own. So when I got my postdoc, I got a scholarship for from the sort of Italian institution that does this thing. And uh, it was not for me joining a group, it was just for me continuing doing what I was doing uh, in a very solitary way. So I went to Rome for a while, um, Trieste for a while, and I start, at this point, I started traveling because I decided to go to meet the people who were actually doing quantum gravity, like Chris Aisham. I went to London to see Chris Aisham. I went to the States to meet uh, Abay and then uh, that's how I met Liz Molling later on. So... On my own, I would just, you know, jump on a plane and, uh, you know, send a letter, because at the time it was letters. Mm -hmm. I'm very much interested in what you're doing. Do you mind if I come and see you? And uh, go.
0: Well, so, and then what caused you to move to the States? Um, Uh,
1: That's when I started uh, actually writing papers, after months and months and years of being alone in my in my little office uh, redoing calculations and copying and trying to understand uh during my first uh, trip to the U.S. that's when I uh, started working on uh, and uh quite quite rapidly uh we got with Lee Morning to some some major results uh that's it. If, 86 that, is already uh when the first papers on loop quantum gravity came out. That was quite a shock at the time.
0: Was that before um, was that before Pittsburgh? Was that
1: yeah, yeah, it's before oh, I, Pittsburgh. I okay.
0: So just I, I just shortly was, before
1: it, Pittsburgh. So,
0: so, so this is probably where we first met, right? Because I was a professor at Yale and Lise Mullen was had an office next to me, next door to me. Oh,
1: that's what we met the first time. I came to Yale in eighty-five. Yeah. just visiting this that's way. That's I and started
0: uh, being a professor there. My, I began in, as a professor there in eighty five.
1: Yes, and Lee was also a sort of young yeah, he was young, one young of the faculty
0: who, at recruit, who helped recruit me in a way.
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's that's a connection. So maybe we met at that time, first time. I'm, I don't I'm I'm remember. I'm
0: pretty sure I met you in his office as a visitor. I think you were visiting. Yeah, yeah. Him. I was visiting him,
1: and uh, that's what we sort of stumbled on this family of solutions of the will do equation. I mean, it was a major result with a big, uh, big impression at the time. Uh, I was back in Italy. Italy, of course, nobody was interested in quantum gravity. So nobody was paying any attention to me. My postdoc had expired. I was just, uh, you know, calling my father and dad, could you please, please send me a little bit of money because I have nothing to eat. <laughs> that was the life. And one day I got a phone call from Pittsburgh. Saying, are you interested in a faculty position here? And this was from the physics department. Yeah, it was the physics department of Pittsburgh.
0: Who yeah. was to get and that? Ted Newman. Okay, so it was a general relativist. Okay,
1: Ted Newman. Okay, I know him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ted Newman is, uh, you know, for the people, you know, you, you know him, of the people who are listening to us, is one of the great relativists, I would say, of the... The generation before others is yeah. the one who wrote the general solution for black holes. Is the one who wrote the, the most general uh, description of uh, of, of sta- stationary black holes.
0: I see. Okay, so and, you-
1: and, and a lot of other things. He's a close collaborator of um, um, uh, Roger Penrose. Mm-hmm. Roger was often in Pittsburgh to seeing us, so I got to know Roger there. Um, and uh, Ted is a fantastic human being, also. So for me, it was was great. So Pittsburgh was a, I, 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 I changed. It was a big phase transition for me from you know being strange kid doing things and yeah. producing ideas and more or less solitary jumping around uh, into now the American professor, yeah, junior professor, yeah, uh, with with a credibility position.
0: And then and okay, so yeah, it must have been a shock. And okay, and then you, I think I knew Lee would visit you there. I think, as I remember. And yeah. He left. He left after a few years after Yale. But he uh, went to
1: he went to Syracuse, uh, where By yeah. Ashika was there, and I was often visiting to uh, to Syracuse. That's right. And then uh, at some point in the nineties, uh, both Ashika and Smolny moved from Syracuse to Penn State College to Penn State University, which is near Pittsburgh. So we were not far from one another.
0: And then, but then, then you moved back to Europe. Was it because of, uh, well, what did it have to do with wanting to be back in Europe or was it more pedestrian reasons? Or, um, if you don't have to answer questions, by the way, no, let me put it this way I America,
1: US was fantastic for me, it was a great experience. Uh, I was taken seriously by the US. Uh, Europe is much more complicated. culturally mm-hmm. uh if you have new ideas uh, it's hard to be listened to in in, in Europe yeah. it's everything is more slow and cold and uh, you're constantly uh, pushed down while the US is a place where um if you have ideas it's easy to 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 go up you're constantly pushed out up and uh, it was a great experience culturally. I learned a lot. It's a different, uh, different culture. It's really a different culture, more than it, what it looks like between Europe and the US. Uh, um, there was ten human, and there were the philosophers. The philosopher, fantastic. It was a great opportunity for me to get to know the, this this world of philosophy of science in the, the, the Anglo-Saxon world. But uh, but I was not totally. I, I was never feeling home. Mm -hmm. somehow at the time uh, in the american system there were so many things were too hard for me to digest uh, uh, in the culture um somehow let me put it this way uh it's it's the other side of the coin if you are Young and bright and white and male and whatever—it's is is fantastic. You just go up. Uh, the well, point I, is that I was I mean,
0: going uh, to say all of that has changed a little <laughs> bit. I think in the, in, in the United States, in terms of people being pushed up and who's being pushed up. But anyway, that, that we're we'll going
1: uh, right. But it's a, I for me it was a very you know uh, coming from Europe. America yeah. is a very violent place. Extremely violent. Okay. Violent, both in the you know the killing the street, which in 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 in, in, in Europe don't happen there is a there's a violence in society people are fired like that yeah. which uh, so so they fall down and socially which in europe doesn't happen is violent politically internationally There are weapons all over the world yeah. so all this uh, i didn't i never felt home so when there was an opportunity for going back to europe i felt that that was um, i had ten years in the us it was good to learn it's time to come back
0: Okay, and then yeah, went to Europe. We don't have to go through their whole life. Although you ended up in Canada, you say you came back to Canada. Which you guess you. I spent
1: twenty years in France. <laughs> yeah, I spent while
0: most of the time I. The last time I saw you, you were still in France, I think. Yeah. You, yeah. When I was in yeah. Germany. We were I'm meeting. still,
1: my, my official affiliation is still the University of Marseille in France. It's oh, a great okay. period yeah. there, also. Yeah. It's fantastic. I, I France, was sad. South i of never France
0: there. I've always liked to visit Marseille, and I never got to Oh, Marseille is I, I marvelous. It's, it's, well, the, the
1: Mediterranean, the sea, the blue yeah, skies. I love great. it
0: down there. And I, and I remember you were there, and I was thinking, oh, maybe I should go visit there. But anyway. <laughs> um,
1: but then, it, uh, you know, so life is complicated. I jumped the Atlantic one more time, and now in Canada, and I love it again.
0: Well, Maybe it'll okay. Come back. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. Okay. Well, okay. Enough of the travelogue. But we'll get back to your, some of the other ideas now. I want to focus on physics, uh, both yeah. the physics that led up, uh, more generally, that in your life, and then and then the physics associated with white holes. And I will, uh, as you uh, you know, I'm I have I'm an eternal skeptic. Just so you're aware, but you know that about me, I think. Um, and um, that's so what we need. We, we need also those people. Um, but okay. Mm. But let's let's first talk about loop quantum gravity. What what again? For the, I, I think most people who listen to this, but maybe not, uh, ha- realize that there are two major thrusts in the effort to reconcile these two fundamental areas of physics: general relativity, theory of space and time, and quantum mechanics, which is sort of the theory of how the universe works on the very small scales. Right. And 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 both of which have been tested on their own regimes and work Im- unimaginably well in in there, but they are fundamentally inconsistent. And so there've right. been there' been a of they they look they look they see as they are, they seem to be inconsistent, yeah yeah, 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 okay, exactly well the, yeah. the assumption is, yeah it it appears that as, as if they're inconsistent. Yeah. many people, I will say it's true in my life in my period from a graduate student on, there have been many people who say, well, really, that inconsistency is an illusion and and general relativity is somehow consistent. I don't think those people, general relativity unmodified is somehow consistent, I'm not sure um. That oh, that. no, 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 Gen-
1: classical generativity is not consistent. Well, I mean, I've, this, I've, I've, I've you, i i no no, 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 I'm
0: writing. Sure. I know, I agree. It's, I think, it is I know, but, they're, they're, but there are people, there are say some that. people who say, people still fight against the current, yes,
1: there, um, are, there are, but, all but these they're wrong
0: fighting against the current, so but that's they're okay. wrong. We, we encourage that <laughs> anyway. Um, but they're, but they appear to be you know inconsistent, and and I think if what has emerged, and there's been a plethora of. Lots of ideas, and there's still lots of ideas. People are throwing out lots of ideas. Emergent gravity, this or that. But the two that that um, appear to be um, more entrenched, I guess, or more is loop quantum gravity and string theory. But it's not fair, I think, to, and I think you'll agree with this, to put the put them on the same level. It is interesting that string theory took off and, and and has hundreds and over time it may be thousands, but certainly hundreds of people working on it, major institutions devoted to it. Loop quantum gravity Thousand, yeah, thousands. thousands. Okay. I would agree. Loop quantum gravity has had dozens, I would say. Maybe No, 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 hundred. What? No, no.
1: Uh, no, a typical Conference on loops is uh, 200, 300 people.
0: Okay, okay, great. And But but, but, there but that, that, that doesn't
1: change what you're saying. Yeah, that doesn't change what you're saying. There is a one yeah. order of magnitude
0: of difference. Yeah, yeah okay, right. I agree. The numbers are, you know, and I'm a cosmologist, yeah. so, you know, numbers. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so so it's fair to say that, and and when people, for the public, they hear about string theory, probably they don't hear about loop quantum gravity, for better or worse. Maybe, you know, as you write books, they do hear more, but... So the question is, um, why don't you explain the difference between the two or what loop quantum gravity is based on? And and then we can follow it up. But I thought why don't you explain the basis of loop quantum gravity, why why it was developed and what its central features are and how those differ from string theory. Can you do that or no? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh let me start from from two differences. Um, okay. and then and then tell you no. more about how do, do it, have by doing the differences, one, it's, uh, I, I think it's easy to, to frame the, sure. the situation. Um, one main difference is that, uh, loop quantum gravity is much less ambitious than string theory. So string theory is not just, uh, bringing generativity and quantum mechanics together. It's much more than that. Yeah. It's an attempt to write a single equation, uh, which unify all the forces, all the particles all everything from a single theory okay mm-hmm. uh, that's not at all what uh loop quantum gravity is loop quantum gravity is a much more um much less ambitious effort which is just to understand what are the quantum properties of gravity okay we understand the quantum property of electromagnetism pretty well we understand the quantum properties of the strong interaction that make the the, the nuclei the nuclear forces pretty well without Uh-oh. unification so uh, Loop quantum gravity is just that. There is a hole in our uh, knowledge of the world, which prevents us from understanding what happened at the Big Bang and the side of black holes. Is that we don't understand the quantum property of gravity? That's what we want to understand. So, that's uh, in that sense, uh, the ambition of string theory is huge, the ambition of quantum gravity is small. It's the first issue. The second difference is that um, both theories have. Definitely difficulties in predicting verifiable or suggesting verifiable consequences. Okay, uh, loop quantum gravity has definitely this difficulties, this weakness. So, uh, string theory has given some suggestion verifications. They are all come out wrong, uh, especially in the last years. So nowadays, string theory, I would say, is very much in difficulty because string theorists were all convinced that there were, you know, uh, supersymmetric particles to be discovered at CERN. They were not. Uh, well, they it's were a little
0: unfair to call them wrong. It's They haven't yet been verified. I think, I mean, it's true. Super, the fact that they haven't been discovered at CERN is not the same as they don't exist. Absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence necessarily. So it's true. It's 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 caused problems for low-energy theories of super. Symmetry, which are the most attractive ones, I would say. But, uh, but you're, so, you know, so they they, they certainly rely on supersymmetry and there's no evidence of supersymmetry. I think we can agree on that. No,
1: that's not the point I'm making. I'm making a different point. I'm making a okay. point that uh, there was a suggestion that was believed by uh, most practically all string theories, they would expect something and what they would expect did not happen uh, repeatedly. Uh, this doesn't mean that the theory is falsified, Falsification is a completely different story. That's the point yeah. you're making. And I agree. Uh, but um, this maybe is a point of philosophy of science. I don't think science goes ahead just by falsification. It goes ahead by piling up. You know, when, when you suggest that something happened and it happened, you say, oh, maybe on the right track. Yeah, when you yeah, suggest yeah, something yeah. else, is happen, it happened, you're on the right track. When you suggest something is happening, it does not happen. So well, your, your credibility goes down a little bit. And this has happened with supersymmetry. Has happened with the sign of the cosmological constant. Everybody expected it to be negative. So when you guys, cosmologists, came out saying, "Look, it's, it's expanding," that's Project. like a positive cosmological constant. First, they constant. tried to
0: explain why it was zero, and then, it, and then and then it was. And then after it became positive, <laughs> exactly. But it's negative, and I mean the only consistent theory. You're right. It certainly caused. It always is interesting. I, I have to say that about. I will say that I'm. Mean, I i do not want to be pro- too provocative early on. But one of the reasons I've always been skeptical about most approaches to quantum gravity, and I don't, you know, I follow it and I've thought about tests of quantum gravity, but I'm not, I've never actively pursued either string theory or loop quantum gravity. So I, I try to be agnostic in that sense. But one of the things that always made me suspicious is, and because I've spent a lot of my time over 20, 30 years thinking about the cosmological constant, which I proposed was there. Um, I know. Yeah, but... but um one of the things that I, I would have thought that a a good theory of quantum gravity one of the one of the key predictions of it might be to exp, explain the quant, cosmological constant and of course nothing has which makes it even more interesting but it's it's certainly been one of the reasons why i've been suspicious because ultimately i do think we need a theory of a real understanding of quantum gravity if we're probably going to understand the cosmological constant and the fact that we don't yet has always been of some concern to me let me just say it that way but right. Probably agree with
1: that. I don't know. Yeah, 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 no, I know. I agree. I can, if you want later on, we can go and talk yeah. about the cosmological constant loop quantum gravity. But I, let's get to loop quantum yeah, gravity sure, because, sure, because that's I agree. somehow I, I, I wanted to frame to, it. To no, no, sure, it. absolutely. So, what it is. Um, it is a theory. It's a, it's a well defined theory, right? So it's a it's not just a collection of.
0: Pieces. Sorry, let me it's interrupt a, you one more time. Have we finished all the negatives of string theory? There's a cosmological constant. Oh, there's... I could go forever, but it well, no, no. Stop, give me a few here. more because I think it's <laughs> people people hear all about string theory. It'd be nice if they hear some of the problems. So there's the there's a the supersymmetry. There's the cosmological constant it's the wrong sign. What's the, what two or three more?
1: Um. In terms of suggestions uh, that came out from string theory uh which again are not falsification of string theory but yeah. suggestions that turn out to be wrong uh the there are for instance uh there was a moment in which everybody was expecting black holes being produced at CERN,
0: yeah. Well, that's... I
1: remember all sort of thesis on the argument and, uh, and Yeah, that's sort of
0: a semi that was one of my students actually, but anyway. Oh sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I got him a, it got him a tenure, so I don't really care. I never liked it. Okay. it okay. Okay. Um but I would say the
1: the trouble with string theory is not just that. The trouble with string theory is that in the 80s it got it, it raised a huge amount of um, enthusiasm uh with some promises. And the promises was, for instance, to be able to compute all the parameters of the standard model from just yeah. a theory with one constant. Yeah. Uh, predict why there are three generations of uh, yeah. of, of fundamental of particles. And uh, also uh, write a fundamental theory, clear and clean, with some basic equations. So this is it. That's a the fundamental theory. Uh, nothing as that. Of that has been realized in Absolutely. half a century.
0: Absolutely, as my 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 uh, colleague. That's Michael a real problem state, more than the yeah. If that's right, the real problem. A string, th- string theory is promising, and it keeps promising and promising and <laughs> promising. Exactly, but but it also caused your colleague, I think, Lise Mullen, to write a book called "The Trouble with Physics," which got which that's right. which a lot that's of people which got a lot of people
1: infuriated infuriated a lot of people. Yeah. Right? yeah.
0: Okay, so, so string uh, theory indeed make looked like it would have a theory of, of everything and looked very like it would explain exactly the things we see and those yeah. aspects of string theory have not uh been forthcoming there there are successes uh besides the mathematics which has been incredibly useful in the rest of physics and ideas of duality maybe oh, yeah, yeah but, yeah. but also one might say later on that some people would say i'm, I'm more dubious but i know when i've talked to uh, maybe even on the air to some string theorists. Uh, uh, you know, the calculation of black hole entropy they think is a big success. Maybe we can talk about that later. So, but in any case, yep. it has had problems. Now we can go back to to quantum gravity. Sorry to interrupt you, but I want to put it in perspective. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so as I said, quantum gravity is a much less ambitious things. It's not. Uh, it doesn't have a. It doesn't explain why there are fermions and uh, and their young Mills field and everything coming from a single thing. Not nothing like that. It's okay. just the the idea. That there's general relativity, which explains everything gravitational uh, remarkably well, as, mm-hmm. as immense success, general relativity. Uh, but it's clear since the very beginning. In fact, Einstein in 1916 wrote a paper saying general relativity cannot be exactly right because of quantum mechanics. <laughs> uh, so uh, there are quantum effects in in that affect gravity, and it's a theory of quantum effects. Uh, in gravity, that's what quantum gravity are. What makes it fascinating, and what fascinated me from the very beginning, from this paper by uh, Chris Isham, is that uh, generativity uh, it interprets gravity as the dynamical space itself, and space and time themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's space that bends and time that stretches uh, uh, that do gravity. So therefore, the quantum feature of gravity are the quantum feature of space and the quantum feature of time. And that's mind blowing because once again, uh, in the history of our human thinking, we have to change something fundamental. Uh, what is space and what is time? Mm-hmm. So loop quantum gravity, it's a, it's, it's a mathematical theory. It's a Hilbert space, a set of operators, or something that gives the dynamics, the transition amplitudes, which describes not just uh, how things move in space, as time passes, okay. But describe some quanta, some quantum stuff, <laughs> right? Which looks like space-time only in the classical limit when you when you average many things. So it describes the elementary quanta of space. So uh, the main result of loop quantum gravity, I would say the, the core result, which is a result of a calculation actually, is that space is granular.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the calculation is a standard calculation one does in quantum mechanics to find granularity. For instance, if I have a pendulum, something that, you know, that that, that oscillates, uh, the amplitude of the pendulum, the energy that how much, how much whether it's it's not moving or moving a lot in, 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 in quantum mechanics, right? It's quantum mechanic one and you do a calculation and you discover that it can be either zero or, or, or one or two or three, but not in between. Is this granularity in the energy. Is one quantum energy, two quantum energy, three quantum energy. And the same with light, it's uh, it's granular, it's quanta. So there's calculation which technically is called uh, uh, the spectral analysis of, of an operator finding the eigenvalues. And when you apply that to general relativity, you discover this quanta of space, this grain of space. So the space in which you are immersed is just granular. And, and the fascinating point, in my, for me at least, uh, is that these quantum space are not moving in space. They're space themselves. They make up space. Mm-hmm, so what sure. we call space around us uh, is sort of the, the large-scale picture of many little things uh, which have Planck size, which are roughly, which are the quantum space. When you say space, you mean space-time? Yeah. In fact, I'm cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just wondering. Uh, it, it's really space-time, of course. So, yeah, the um, quantum
0: space and time—they're both quantized they're quantum. The quantum space and time, right? Exactly. And, and, what and this, why is it called loop? I, I'm, I'm asking questions, I don't answer. But why is it called loop quantum gravity? Are the quantum loops? Um, yeah, uh, it's called loop quantum gravity for historical reasons. Um,
1: by the way, also string theory is, is historical reasons because now not a part of string theory anymore. <laughs> it's just it's, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, the point is the following. Um, if you have one, one of these quantum space, um, the theory knows which one of the other quantum space sort of next to him. Okay. So, uh, the way to describe that mathematically is you have this point connected by lines, which make a network. In fact, the, the state of the theory are called spin network state. Spin, because in a sense, this is sort of rotating. So you have this network. And so uh, a generic state, you can you can imagine, of, of a network. And uh, in particular, there's a super simple network, which is one quanta, you jump another one, another one, and, and you loop back. Okay, a, sing, a, sing, a single loop. Okay, now historically, these were the first that came out for the equations. So when, they, when these loops came out for the equation, they were loop states, and the idea was, oh, can we write these states as a basic element of the theory. So that's that's where a super simple universe will space is just a single mm-hmm. loop. But then it turned out that that's not enough. You have to go this network, much more uh, complicated. But the name loop um, remained. And it's also, um, we, you see, when, when you go around, let, let me give you a little bit more technical explanation. Okay.
0: Well, I was going to go uh, technical, so it's good you are. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, slightly more technical. Uh, space is curved, right? What does it mean that it's curved? It means that if you make a a loop, if you start from somewhere, you make a loop, you turn out rotated, okay? Mm -hmm. And the way to think about this is is to think about the the Earth is is curved, right? The surface of the Earth is curved. So you start from the North Pole and you move down to the equator, You, 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 you rotate around the equation and you come back, you turn out rotated, right? You start this way, this way, this way, and you have rotated. And this rotation captures the curvature of the Earth because on a flat space, you make a loop and you come back with the same, the same direction. So uh, loops are a way looping. It's a way to capture curvature, and curvature is exactly uh, the quantity that characterizes curvature of space-time, namely gravity.
0: Yeah, and 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 intellectually, I think it. I'm, I could. I'm pretty sure it, it came from another direction in the sense that. I was going to ask, in, in the standard picture of normal particle physics, what are so-called gauge theories are the basis of all of these things, and and what are called gauge invariant variables, in, in the theories which describe all the rest of the electromagnetism, the strong force, the weak force, uh, involve loops. Exactly. exactly in fact, in electromagnetism, when you consider a, a loop, uh, you know, in fact, even in Maxwell's equations, it's what tells you if there's really a, a, an electric field there or a magnetic field there, comes from thinking about loops. And Absolutely. the gauge in so this... quantities instead of what are called. And so loops have a long history in gauge theories and yeah. gravity, uh, which I first learned when I was a graduate student from my friend Jim Gates at the time, uh, is a, is also a gauge theory. Yeah, um, and, it's exactly and so that looping. It's not unusual if you're thinking of what, you see, and the reason, it, these sound like words, but the reason to think of gauge invariant variables is that is that the physical quantities, the things you measure should be independent of wh- how you describe the system and what variables you use to describe the system. That's what we call gauge invariant. So in these theories you can describe them many different ways like you can general relativity with coordinate systems, many different ways, but the physical things, the actual things you measure should be independent of that. And so it's not it's not it's it's sensible to think, at least of 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 defining the theory, especially if it's incredibly complicated like general relativity in our sense in terms of the kind of variables that might relate to observations so I always assumed that that's what that was the motivation behind thinking yeah. of loops in loop quantum gravity but I could be wrong yeah
1: no, 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 you're you're exactly right. So one way of uh, uh sort of deriving the mathematics of, of of loop quantum gravity is exactly exactly start from the variable you're referring to, this loop variables so or holonomies, yeah, which describe what I was uh what I was saying. If you are in a point in space-time, there is a symmetry, which is a rotation, uh in in a single point. If you if you rotate, you see the same physics. But if you move around the loop, you come Back rotated them, yeah. eh? and yeah. so one way of capturing the gravitational field is to g- say Zero. how much you are rotated for every possible loop, and these are the loop variables that describe the gravitational field. Okay. And, and and loop quantum gravity can be obtained eh, by taking these variables as the fundamental variables to jump to the quantum theory.
0: Okay, so that describes I think I think loop quantum gravity uh, at least in a way in a mini way. We're not going to spend hours on it, but um, so. And that got you guys interested. Uh, what are its successes? What are its chief failures? Um, well, I would say the success, uh, uh,
1: the 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 main success is, uh, in my opinion, after thirty years of development of loop quantum yeah. gravity, more is that there is a possible theory of quantum gravity. Uh, it's not complete, perfectly complete. There are, you know, theorems which are not being demonstrated. With the thing there, there are, there, are, there are, but there is a theory. Uh, I, I, I could write down four equations and say this is it. This is the main theory. Uh, it's very hard to do calculations, but it's, it's well defined and it is a quantum theory of gravity. Now, uh, what is the difficulty? Why are we not happy and jumping and say we've solved the problem? Yeah. Uh, well, because it's not sufficient. To have a possible theory of quantum gravity I mean the good Lord may have chosen something else how, how do we know <laughs> so we need to we need something to uh to compare it to to observation and that's where uh in my opinion the all the interesting current work uh, is uh, but maybe that's too much because I have a lot of colleagues which are still working on refining the theory, filling up the gate, the, the 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 gaps and 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 cleaning up and and there are different formulations of the theory to to i mean you know how it's theoretical physics it's long but, complicated. No, but
0: been really i think is it fair to say then and or is it unfair to say that unlike sort of string theory which in principle had a calculational success or so people think for very specific weird kind of unphysical black holes they got an answer which is which was uh, which which of the entropy of black holes, which is relevant to quantum physics of gra- black holes, and they call that a big success. Is it fair to say that string that loop quantum gravity hasn't had similar calculational successes? Or am oh I no being... no
1: that's that no no that's definitely would not be fair to say. Okay. No no there were there were analogous theoretical successes, and in particular uh, the calculation of the um, of the entropy of a black hole. Was done in loop quantum gravity. Uh, in fact, more or less at the same time in which Strominger and Waffa did this, did the calculation in, in, in string theory. And, uh, um, it's, uh, like often in this case, it, it, on one hand, it's weaker than uh, the string one. On the other hand, it's much stronger. It's stronger because it actually works for or physical black holes for, for 3 for dimensional care black holes, not for three-dimensional yeah. real stuff that we have yeah. in the sky, and for the ones which are not extreme or nearly extreme, yeah. like like the Strominger-Witten calculation and their extensions. Um, so that's uh, that's a much stronger result. It's weaker because uh, it uh, one can get the proportionality um, area entropy, which is what one uh, gets with the right. Uh, um, uh, audio of but there's a free parameter floating around in the theory. It doesn't get the pies. Exactly. It doesn't get the pies. Uh, it's much stronger than the string theory because they get the, the four pie, the two pie, whatever. Yeah. Uh, right. So again, you know, one, one. <laughs> okay. I saw Andy Strom the day, uh, two days ago, in fact, in, in, uh, in New York. He's the one who got the... Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, we're still bickering about which which
0: one of the two is yeah. better. Andy was a graduate student with me in, at MIT. When oh, Robert, was he? I see, yeah, I see. In the neighboring office, actually. Um, I see. Uh, both had the same supervisor, in fact, for a while before I changed. Who was the supervisor? Uh, for a while, Roman Jakif is his name. And oh, I Roman eventually Jacif. left Roman and so I could work on gravity and cosmology, actually. But anyway. I um, okay. But Andy stayed. But um, in any case, yeah, we so we go back. Um what um... let me make
1: one point. It was slow, this uh, building up of the theory, right? Because in the 80s, was the theory was defined, in the 90s, there was this calculation of the discreteness, uh, sort of the eigenvalues, area and volume operators. Uh, uh, and then uh, uh, 10 years later, um, was what seemed to the be the better version of the dynamics, the, the covariant way of computing transition amplitudes. Um, and then after that, there was the first result that was a big. Missing point before of the classical limit. How to connect that to classical generativity? Because one thing is that to have a theory that looks like quantum GR. Another thing is to show that in the in the
0: right limit, to, it better result in it better result in general relativity because general relativity is doing pretty well at a classical it level. It has so better whatever, in, in whatever the re- quantum theory we have has to reduce the general relativity. Absolutely, in the
1: in the regimes where generativity works so well, it should gave the same result so basically Which is by the way
0: changing. I want sh- to be fair one of the motivations of string theory in some sense is that it automatically yeah. it automatic I mean a central part of it was that yeah. that the physics of strings automatically gives you something that looks like looks like gravity. Yeah. Um yeah, sort of thing. now what are the so okay so what are the major outstanding challenges w- 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 in in loop quantum gravity?
1: There is a theoretical one and a, and, a, and a substantial one. The theoretical one is that uh, um, there are these uh, uh, transition amplitude that one can define. They're well-defined, but if you try to sit down and compute them, it's horrible. Uh, these are horrendously complicated integrals over special functions of uh, which we have no idea where to do. So it's much more complicated than the integrals of QED Feynman was doing there. You, yeah. we, you know, we we have learned how to do these integrals. Yeah. Here we haven't learned yet, and I don't know how easy it is. Um, the the groups that try to do these calculations numerically, computers, uh, but uh, you know it's very slow and uh, going very slow. So the challenge of um, extracting actual physics from the theories uh, it's pretty uh, there, but that's sort of internal. I mean, after all, you know, the Einstein equation seems very complicated at the beginning. Nobody knew how to extract physics and then things go ahead.
0: Four children, the re-
1: right, The real problem is, as I said before, it's connect to, to reality. Uh, you know, we want to test this theory and um, there are definitely uh, phenomena in the universe where uh, quantum gravity, we expect it to be very relevant, but these are... Uh, far away phenomena, uh, big bang, black holes. Uh, And so applying the theory to these phenomena, it's complicated. And uh, we don't have enough, in a sense, let me put it this, in a sense, uh, the quantum gravity effects are very much hidden in in secret details. Uh, So there's a part of the community which has spent a lot of time uh, trying to apply the theory to... Uh, To your field, uh, (laughs) to cosmology, and uh, try to figure out a way of thinking about the Big Bang, uh, where you actually bring in the quantum aspect of gravity. And this is a big chunk of work. There's another part that's what I've been doing with others recently who tries to see what the theory tells us about black holes. And that's what
0: they tell in the book that you have uh, shown in the beginning, the white hole stuff. The two places that quantum gravity, if it ever comes to, if it's ever relevant um, to our universe are beginning of time, or at least beginning of our universe and black holes. And everyone's hoping to use, different people are hoping to use those as different laboratories to test their ideas. And, and, you know, and that's, and by the way, while you saw my field is cosmology, I'm a particle physicist by training, but the reason I do cosmology is because it's a laboratory. understand yeah for the same for the same reason after all yeah it's the same reason the same reason and i i'm less ambitious i just want to test our ideas of the other three forces and understand them initially before understanding you know there's a lot we still have to learn but in any case okay so yeah so that it would be nice to come up with something relevant to understand the big bang and black holes and that does lead in some sense to your white holes which we'll get to um okay let's let before we go about white holes specifically because this will be relevant to white holes you wrote a book about time but time is an interesting concept and i wrote about it in my recent book you know a lot of people think time's an illusion and i say well you know and in some sense in general relativity time is an illusion but as i point out that doesn't that doesn't do much for people who miss the 7:10 train into london <laughs> and miss it and don't get their job interview and lose their job I mean, so for them, time's pretty real, and so um, so let's talk about the nature of time, because uh, you have some interesting thoughts on it that's relevant to black to white holes and your yeah. your discussion of the book, and you've written another book about it. And and yeah. but let's point out that in some sense, I mean, from a very basic perspective, l- l- let me let me say something. You can say whether you disagree or agree. Let me see my perspective on it, which is. Yeah. A theory of quantum gravity. If I think of the way Feynman made me, th- you know, not made me, but it, the way Feynman thought about quantum field theory, is to think of sum over paths, and 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 um, yeah. and if I think of a quantum theory, gravity, I'm summing over space time paths in some That's sense. Right. And in That's some right. That's sense, exactly in order right. to understand the universe, then I'm summing over all space time paths, and from the beginning of the universe to the end, and from all over all space. And so it sounds like all of time is already there and therefore this illusion that we that we're, the universe is proceeding in time steps appears to be like an illusion in that picture because you 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 know it's all it's already all part of the of the playing field already and so it's already all there just like space is already there so is time already there and you just try and calculate things in space time so in some sense then that's probably the language of Wheeler deWitt or at least the the idea of it is that and is that in some sense, when you think of quantum gravity, you already automatically have to think of time as sort of an illusion. But why don't you take off from there and tell me where that might be wrong or right or how that relates to your picture of time?
1: Um, I basically agree um, with what you said. Um and i also agree that uh, in, in spite of that if you if you miss the 710 train it's still a problem <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't, okay. that doesn't resolve the fact that you yeah. miss your your meeting um the way i think about this is to uh realize uh, that when we say time we're actually in meaning a lot of different stuff so the notion of time—it's a composite notion, if you want. In our in our everyday life, we we give a lot of uh, attributes to time. Mm-hmm. Time passes; it goes from the past to the future. Uh, there's the same time for everybody. You know, now is whatever yeah. this time, at the and same it's the time. same time. I'm in
0: a different time zone than you, but that's okay.
1: But that's about yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, we, we know that we are in the same instant of the unit. The universe yes. is a common instant, uh, all over, uh, and so on and so forth. There are all these, uh, features of time, which are very much ingrained in our, uh, in our intuition about time. And then, uh, when we start studying physics, we realize that a lot of this is just, uh, not part of the fundamental reality but uh, a specific uh, feature of uh, some variables, Mm -hmm. what we Mm -hmm. measure by clock uh, around us where, you know, we're moving slowly and not faster. There's not strong gravitational field there is nothing heavy quantum mechanical visible and so on and so forth. So as soon as we get out of our common uh, uh, domain, uh, we realize that time works differently already in special relativity times works completely different differently because simultaneity is 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 is, uh, is not defined and so on and in general relativity even more you know i i used to 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 uh to make this point uh, in 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 public talks that if you take two clocks and you move one up and one down you wait a little bit when you bring them together they're not together anymore the one yeah. that was higher has a uh, measure more time there is actually physically more time passing here than than there so higher than lower so this is general relativity so this changes our uh, intuition of time so once we go all the way down to quantum gravity <clears throat> which is a very extreme regime uh far from our everyday life uh, there is very little of the common temporality that we're used to, mm-hmm. that we bring with us. <clears throat> and uh, because of the reason that you say, in, in a sense, uh, let me put it this way. In loop quantum gravity, I said there is a, a well-defined set of equations that define the theory. Mm-hmm. In these equations, there's no variable t. Mm-hmm. There's no variable time at all, okay? Uh, can this equation describe our world? Yes, of course, because, uh, some solution, some limit, some approximation, blah, 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 blah. It, you also describe a world in which you and I are discussing in a common time and in which if you miss the 10, uh, 10, 10, 10 o'clock uh, train, you're in trouble. So uh, the point is not that time exists or do not exist. Uh, time is a layered thing. Uh, they all the properties of time exist, but they are relevant for describing situations which are more and more particular. And down there, at the at the most general level that we think we begin to understand, maybe, which is quantum gravity, uh, there's definitely not a flow, a common flowing time in which the universe is in one second and then next second and the next second. Uh, there's no a priori difference between past and future. But that does not mean that everything is static. I think it means that temporality is much more fluid and generic and uh, local and complicated. uh, And out of that mess, this quantum gravity mess, uh, there are situations that can organize themselves in the temporality we're used to.
0: Okay. Okay. That's great. Thank you. But let's, I want to think now, okay, that's great as a general picture. I want to think in terms of the kind of things that will become relevant when we talk about going into a black a wh- black hole and coming out of a white hole um which is which is your picture uh, which yeah. which is which which is what you talk about and i and i am i, I have issues but but it's an interesting idea um the, the, you you point out that the time that we think of time is really why look everyone says look and you point out in your book time is obvious look the past is different than the future Past I can't affect, I can affect the future. I have memories of the past, I don't have memories of the future. So clearly past and future are different. And and, yeah. and and you talk about you talk you address that issue as you have to, and talk about it in some sense as as a nature of 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 sort of time as related to a departure from equilibrium. Uh, as a as a you know, and the example you use is a tank of water. You let the water flow from one tank to another. If you run the film backwards, it looks weird because because you don't see all the water coming back into the original hole. You see it, you know, and and the waves and everything else. And and you know, there are lots of there are lots of films you can run backwards in time. And people have often talked about thermodynamics and the arrow of time because certainly the entropy is. Some people have argued they're related, and Stephen Hawking once made a famous error about that. But um. um but you point out as a departure that 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 if there were no departures from equilibrium, we would have no em- memories, there would be no experiences. Anyway, why, not, why don't you elaborate on that a little bit? I don't want to, I, I can yeah, paraphrase what a, you said, but let you paraphrase. Yeah, I,
1: I think said. that the the one of the aspects of time, which is more obvious to us, is exactly what you're saying, which is the difference between past and future. Uh, the fact that some processes happen, but their time reversal does not happen, and so on. So this direction of time, um, where does the direction of time come from? Is that intrinsic in nature? And that seems, uh, I guess, for the people who are not in physics, that seems to be a silly question because the obvious answer is, yeah, of course, the past is different for the future. It, it, It becomes an interesting question for a physicist because historically, the effort to sort of go down to the grammar of how the world works, uh, from Newton on, uh, the Newton equation, the Maxwell equation, the Einstein equation, the Schrodinger equation, the quantum field theory equations, they all, the, sh- the p- particle, uh, the the, 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 standard model equation, they're all, uh, they all have the properties that if you, if you consider an ev- a story and a suitable Reversed time, reversed story, and the standard model would be CPT. uh, They both are possible. So it seems like the fundamental physics is saying, "Look, uh, what is possible in one sense of time is also possible in the other sense of time." And yet, this is obviously wrong because uh, you know things break and don't come up back together. So that has that puzzle has prompted this big debate of what is the origin of the direction of time. And uh, this is discussed. It's discussed by physicists, it's discussed with philosophers. I would say it's not an issue on which there is a total consensus uh, and everybody has clear ideas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I am convinced that uh, the uh, distinction between the past and the future um, only makes sense when we look at uh, Um, uh, microscopic variables, uh, average variables, it's really a thermodynamical issue in this sense. Um, And I think that uh, we would not have the sense of time oriented if it wasn't because of something related to this, uh, uh, to this use of microscopical variable, and in particular, to the fact that when you have microscopical variables, you can talk about equilibrium and you can talk about equilibrations. And let me put it in this way, if the world was really in equilibrium, so you you imagine that the world uh, wouldn't expand forever, you can put it in a box and you wait until it gets equilibrium, okay, completely. I am convinced, uh, I'm not sure I can convince anybody, but I'm convinced, everybody, but I'm convinced that if if we were part of that world, Really, there would be no distinction between past and future, because well, there maybe, could be no yeah. memory, no.
0: Well, that's because no. in such a world, there'd be no distinction, there'd be no events. There'd be no, in such a world where everything is in equilibrium, nothing happens. No, and so, nothing microscopic happens. Well, I mean, Wait, have, fluctu- have fluctuations at the quantum mechanical level, but in equilibrium, you're in equilibrium. And so you, d- d- it's departures from equilibrium that would, would produce what we might think of as events. I mean, uh, in a world if everything was in equilibrium, there'd be no there'd be no free energy to do work. We wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to. I wouldn't be able to have a metabolism. Right. We wouldn't have this computer conversation. I couldn't have power. Right. I couldn't get power to run my computer. So right. it's more than just. It, it's true that time cease, might cease to exist, but then it, so would anything of any interest in some sense. If everything, if, that's what some people would call the heat death of our universe, where the, where there's nothing left. There's no. There's no source of anything that can allow you to do anything interesting
1: yes but interest i completely agree but interest is in the eyes of the behold of the of the beholder whatever uh, uh. uh namely there will if, if if imagine i'm a god outside and i'm a mechanical god and i'm interested in how each particle moves uh, Oh, very interesting things happening. This particle is hitting that particle and is moving. Mm-hmm. Look how fast is moving this, and how slow is moving this other one. So there will still be a very rich mechanical series of event, okay? Uh, but it's a mechanical series of event that doesn't have the property that seen in one direction of time or the other direction of time looks different.
0: And so but your argument is some say okay so let's we, no sense to debating So so anymore, wait let me, let me let me let's just, go back. let you're me just you're saying that we have memories because because of the No 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 let, of me, departures let me let me come to
1: exactly what what you're saying in order to see the the direction of time we have to go to the quantities that you were referring to namely all the quantities work as distinct for uh from thermal energy uh, free energy uh, and, and so as distinct from total energy all the things which make sense once you have a coarse grading and microscopic variables
0: yeah okay but then you might say the memories are somehow memories of the ripples that associated with a previous departure from equilibrium which produced events and you know that's not a bad i mean that uh, that resonates with me to some extent but i do have issues for example in the future, there can be departure, extreme departures from equilibrium. And why don't we have memories of those? I have a, um,
1: I, I have a paper in which I try to connect memory and entropy. It's not a long ago paper. It's, a, it's a, two or three years ago. Uh, I... I had I spent years asking how the hell memory works. How is it possible that there are memories? Um, what is the mechanism that is such that, in other words, in our, in our words, where there's the second principle of thermodynamics and, and work and heat and and so on? What is the general feature of a property of the present that talks to you about the past? And not the future. So I have a little model of that, which I think gives some hints of that, and I think that what you need, uh I think that pretty generically, if there is a, a low entropy in, in, in one side of a time span, uh-huh. generically you have memories in that direction.
0: But you, but yes, but you can, but the problem is, of course, locally you can, Locally, you can reduce entropy. Uh, that's what life is, and and uh, by you know in a system that isn't that isn't isolated. Anyway, it's an issue that I I have you know maybe it's too complicated to talk to me here, but I have issues because locally you can imagine a direction which entropy where, where there's lower entropy in the future in a local system, not globally but locally, and then I do, then that argument seems to break down to me because it seems to me that if they think of that. The future should become the past in that way, but anyway, that's an issue. So the, these are things we can table for future conversations when we're not talking for the public. But but I want to just—it's fun for people to see physicists. Yeah, least, it's uh, very, talk to each uh, other and and have and have questions. Let, let me draw me. To yes, uh, as I said I this say, is a
1: really open question in in
0: contemporary foundations of physics. And let me just one of hit the most one interesting of the, open one of the questions. problems. And let me go to one of the theories you love, of course, which is relativity and we all love, but specifically special relativity. The beauty of special relativity is it's designed so that causality isn't destroyed. The, you know, the first thing you learn when you're, maybe not the first thing, but when you're undergraduate, you learn that, you know, one person's future can be another person's past. And you say, what, that's impossible because, you know, if I shoot you with a bullet, you don't die before the bullet hits you. And, and, um, and of course, the wonderful thing about ca- of, of relativity, as I like to tell my students, is just kind of this cosmic catch twenty two. Catch twenty two is one of my favorite pieces of American literature. But um, catch twenty two that always, always frustratingly arranges things so that so that if if one person's future is another person's past, you can one ev- an event in one place can never affect the other place, so you never screw up causality. So causality, right. which which really implies in some sense a direction of cause and effect, is central to relativity, and therefore, in in some sense, I, the question once again is how causality merges with this nation, notion of time as related to entropy. I don't I don't get it myself, and I don't know if you've thought about it, but it's an issue. Oh, I talked a lot. That's my uh,
1: penultimate paper. It's causality and, <laughs> and okay. the, uh, the physics of causality. Um, I think this is, these are the terrains which, uh, uh, for the metaphysics should, uh, uh uh, address more. And I think they are addressed by some uh, some works. Uh, philosophers are also interested in these uh, uh, questions uh, because they're really foundational. And that's one of the reason I talk to philosophers and I, uh, some kind of philosophers, the philosophers who talk about physics, uh, yeah. who, who know okay. physics and like okay. physics. I'm
0: more skeptical of talking to philosophers about physics. I haven't ever gotten anything out of it, but that's just me. Um. Uh,
1: yeah i i think i have got something out of them from some philosopher like john Ehrman or some reichenbach some yeah. um i have a paper exactly on the issue that you um just discussed uh, which is uh, uh, causality um the, the the origin of causality and and its connection to uh, uh, to relativity on the one hand and to entropy on the other hand um see uh, it's the connection that you're referring to is definitely there, but the special relativity, the structure of space and special relativity does what you do, but it's remarkably does what you do without having anything that distinguishes the past from the future. Mm-hmm. Because I could, in the same way, you know, shoot the causality in the past and in the future, uh, if I just look at relativity, but then uh, I think with my own understanding of the world, wait a minute, I, ca- I can shoot to the, past, to the future, not to the past. So relativity by itself doesn't seem to be sufficient to give this distinction between past and future, which on the other hand is there. And once again, uh, I understand you're skeptical about that, but uh, I got convinced, uh, I would say in the last years, and I've been reading this, writing these papers about that, technical. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one is exactly causality uh, and entropy, uh, with idea that uh, the who is connected to who doesn't depend on entropy, okay? But who influences who? The, 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 one of the two is oriented, one of the two is not oriented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I if these these are connected, uh, that's something which has nothing to do with entropy. But every time we say that this is a cause and this is effect, and not vice versa. We are bringing in some entropic thinking inside.
0: Okay, that's well, interesting. I, I, again, I, I'm skeptical, and so, but, but, but specifically for the reason I said, you can imagine a future with lower entropy locally, not globally, but locally, and that's certainly allowed, and then, and then you have a problem. By the way, I, I, I was amused. Uh, you brought in some quotes about free. people worry about free will. And you point that out. But but, uh, you know, I just finished three hours with uh, Robert Sapolsky talking about free will in a book he's written. Oh, well, which, then, which what which did you go through, that There's no such thing, but uh, a very which is something I've always accepted, too. But I'm intrigued. I, I didn't know the quotes from Spinoza. They're very interesting. I didn't realize Spinoza had hit that so much. But 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 you you argue that, of course, uh, actually, you argue in a way that I'm not sure if you get your cake and eat it, too, but um, you seem to suggest that lar- at macroscopic scales we have free will, but at microscopic scales we don't. Uh, I, I would argue that we, at neither scale do we have free will, but maybe that, I don't know if you've, how, what, just just out of interest. Do I understand you correctly that you're saying at macroscopic scales we have free choice and at, at microscopic scales we don't?
1: No, I think we're, we're uh, fundamentally we agree. If okay. I understand you, we fundamentally agree. Uh, I am uh objecting about the use of the words because uh yeah, by sure. free okay. will we might mean uh, what you and i are agreeing about in this situation but yeah. we might also ag- agree uh sorry but we might also use free will in a much weaker sense which is it it's still the fact that i can say oh i choose what to do tomorrow and i've chosen i've chosen freely it's just not meaningless talk it just uh-huh. has to be re- reinterpreted properly yeah in in the complicated process you feel you're i children, have
0: really certainly yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah i have a, look i have a, a little story I published the paper about the old fisherman and oh yeah you the, talk o- about it in the book yeah the story of the old fisherman just in one second is the following okay. this old fisherman that loves uh, that loves sunset Mm-hmm. And he sees the sun going down in the ocean, okay? And then his whole life is organized about this sunset. He goes to sleep and so on. And then one day, the man from the city comes and tells him that the, the sun doesn't move, okay? And he says, oh, my God, there's no sunset because the sun doesn't set, mm-hmm. right? There's yeah. no sunset. So he becomes crazy because he thinks, okay, so <laughs> this is all illusion. I shouldn't look at it. It's illusion. I'm eluding myself. He doesn't go to sleep and so on, okay? He now, he's mistake. making a mistake, Because, of course, there's no sunset in the sense of the sun setting. There is sunset in another sense. Yeah, of course. And I think we can can tell the same story for free will. So there's no free will in the sense of our mind changing the laws of physics and doing something, right? Our mind doesn't change the law of physics. What has to happen, happen. Okay? But there's free will in the sense there's a sunset. I mean, there is something happening in my mind.
0: you have the illusion of a sunset and you have the illusion of free will. They're yeah. very similar. And we also yeah. have the illusion that this table is solid and yeah. lots of important physics has taught us that, that you know much of the world we see is an illusion. And in fact we wrote But some why books but 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 why time. calling it illusion? Yeah. I mean this is solid. If I the the, the, but the is sun solid. is Absolutely. setting. I better I'm not going to go through it no matter what I think, no matter what movies I see to tell me the other opposite.
1: Exactly. You know, so if you if you redefine the table is solid as meaning simply not that it is not made of atoms, there's no, simply that you cannot go through it, you can still say and you can still say, oh, there's a sunset, you know, in the back of your mind you know that this means that, you know, we are rotating and so on and so on and
0: so forth Well, there's a sunset Let me tell you a story, in fact, related to the sunset, which is a a different I think I just said it on stage the other day in in England Um, Well, I learned it from my from my friend Sidney Coleman, late Sidney Coleman, from whom I learned a lot at Harvard, um, but it's a story about Wittgenstein from the um, Tom Stoppard play about Wittgenstein. Wittgenstein's in Cambridge, and he and he's staring at him. for a long time. He's puzzled before he crosses the streets, and someone sees him, and says, "Hi, what's what's going on?" He said, "I'm puzzled." I said, "People say t- that the that the." Um, uh, the earth goes around the sun and um and and you can tell that because that's because you can see the sunsets and things like that and 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 someone says yeah yeah and he says well what would it be what would it look like if it were the other way around and of course it would look identical and i think that's the yeah. point that that's yeah, the key so point um, yeah absolutely. in any case so we okay. both told yeah, little I mean, stories but now i want to get to white holes um, I'd like to finally get there, but I thought I'd give some perspective of where you were coming from, and I hope for people it's useful. And some of these ideas will become relevant. Um, so let me let me paraphrase in a brief sentence or two what I see, you know, as as the central thrust of this. Black holes are strange and interesting objects. They fascinated physicists as long as. As long ever since we first realized they could exist, when people debated about whether they could even exist or not, and some of us, by the way, still wonder whether black holes exist. I wrote a paper with my friend Tom Vachaspati a while ago arguing that they never really form. But in any case, let's say they do. Um, one of the you fall. At, one of the strange things about a black hole is it has this thing called a horizon. You go through it, you can't ever get out. One of the many fascinating things about it black holes, and then what happens inside the horizon is even more fascinating, as you talk about so eloquently in, in the book. Um, and um, the idea, however, is w- in some sense, what happens ultimately to black holes, and in conventional physics, there's a problem, and the problem is that Mr. Hawking told us that black holes evaporate, so big black holes get smaller and smaller and smaller, and and then the problem is lots of stuff falls in them, Physics papers fall in them, and lots of things fall in them. And then when the black holes evaporate, they evaporate thermally, and all the information of what fell in gets lost, and that violates a fundamental law of quantum mechanics called unitarity. And that's this so-called information problem. But what you argue, in some sense, is in relativity, and this is well known well before, well, for the first people to develop black holes, because of the equations of relativity are kind of invariant under time, you can imagine a time reversed version of a black hole, which was called a white hole. I don't know who the first person to call it a white hole was. Maybe you can tell me at some point, but, but anyway, I don't know. I should, about I, should, as, I should, I should look at it. Since yeah, the I didn't book. read it in your book. And so I don't know who first <laughs> called it. I know who first came up with the name black hole, but I don't know who came the, the white hole, but, um, and so people have argued, well, why don't you see white holes? And there's been, you know, and we don't see them so far. Um, but your point is that quantum mechanics—that when things collapse, the quantum world takes over because it's very small scales and uh, are relevant. And when you and we all know that at quantum mechanics scales, strange things happen. Elect, electrons can tunnel through barriers because quantum mechanics allows that. And if if quant, if gravity is a quantum theory of space time, then why doesn't space time tunnel? And your argument is, as you. Came up in an afternoon conversation with one of your colleagues, as you allude at the very beginning of your book, that what, that may, maybe inside the horizon of black hole, ton, what was a black hole tunnels, and becomes a white hole, of which only things can only escape, not 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 fall into, and that's the future of black holes, and that may affect both the information uh, paradox, and you may even argue that it may there may be lots of them around, so so that's the five cent version of, of, of the picture, but let's let's try and fill in the gap. So did I get the general picture right or or would you say that I mean that's missed very it?
1: good that's a very good a very good summary. Thank you. I mean you did better than what I would have done. So I
0: appreciate it. But let's let's so the key idea well but you know you will one of the nice things about the book is that you will elaborate on, you know, things and, and I've tried to do this in my writing too. The strange difference of what goes on inside um, uh, out of horizon and outside and near the horizon. Things that you're absolutely right, and you point out, confused physicists for a long time. And um, and one of the interesting th- confusions comes from the reason that in Russian black holes are called frozen stars. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, um, because one of the, the strange things, of course, as you pointed out, when you it's take just, a clock up here, soda. it takes it at a different mm-hmm. rate because it's farther away from the center of the Earth, same thing happens with a black hole. If you fall in the black hole, your clocks slow down and slow down That's and right. slow down, and they appear to mm. stop at the event horizon of a black hole. If you're standing far away and I'm watching you, you freeze on the surface of a black hole. I never see you fall in. Never in future right. history of the universe <laughs> will I see you fall in the black hole. By the way, which is the cause of one of our papers on why black holes might not exist. But anyway, aside from that, you freeze. But of course, if you're falling through the black hole, if you're the person there... You don't know. What I mean, there's not a signpost saying the event arises here. And it's a, if it's a very big black hole, even the gravitational forces at the horizon may not it's be sweet. so extreme. So you could survive <laughs> that, and your clock is ticking, and nothing strange happens. And so that's already a really strange thing. And he, and that took, as you point out, time for even physicists to appreciate that difference. So why don't you talk about falling into a black hole and the and the inside and outside? Uh, just to put that in context, and then we'll talk more about the white hole scenario itself. Yeah, and this part,
1: uh, I think uh, uh, it's not speculative. Uh, that's what generativity tells us, and uh, generativity seems to be uh, pretty good. And we're not certain, of course, but uh, we have good reasons to believe that generativity, and we can trust generativity. What happened to the horizon? Of course, you know. Good Lord may have decided differently, but uh, we have we don't have very strong reasons to put in doubt generativity there. We have a strong reason to put in doubt generativity at the end of the evaporation or down the center of the black hole when, when, when it squeezes. But on the horizon, we can rely on generativity because generativity has given all these fantastic predictions. And there's this very funny phenomenon, which is uh, the horizon itself, which is what you said. If I fall inside, I just go through the horizon and it's just nothing happens. It's completely regular. It David Finkelstein, the first to realize that. And, uh, uh, decades after, after the actual equations for the yeah. metric of the picture black hole. Of David
0: Finkelstein in the book. Yeah. Who I met once. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Um, and, uh, and yet if we are outside and if we, if I see you, uh, for if you want to go into black hole, you go cross horizon. But if I'm aside, I never see you entering. I see you approaching slowly, slowly, slowly. I see you approaching slower and slower. I become old and old and old, more and more, super old. And I just see you at the same age being still there near, near the, near the black hole and never entering. And that seems completely strange. But the way to think about it is strange, uh, which, which I think is correct, uh, is that, uh, the light that is emitted from you while you're falling, uh, takes a long time to come out. So really light slows down because you're very close to the horizon. So when you're very close to the horizon, the the light, the picture of you that comes from the light uh, takes very long time to come out. So I receive it when I'm super old.
0: Okay, I think of it in a different way, but it, the net effect is the same. I think of red shifting rather than slowing down, but okay.
1: That's another way of viewing.
0: That's another way because of... Because I think of, always... because okay. I guess I'm tied to the fact that locally light is always traveling at light speed, but space is compressed, so that's so... Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, you can view it. You can view it. Yeah. <laughs> you can view it. Okay. But, the, but the end result is the same. So what I'm seeing is you slowing down more and more and more, and of course your... Uh, you become more and more red because the light itself uh, gets slowed down. So okay. it becomes red shifted. Um, so this is a phenomenon, which is very interesting because it's a perspectival phenomenon. So I, it, it's because you and I are in different positions uh, that this happens. It's not phenomenal just by happening at the horizon or just up outside, but by the relation between how from the outside one sees the horizon. Then you go in, and in the book, I follow somebody who goes in mm-hmm. and we might reasonably trust general activity also going in, That's, Sure. That's uh, and so we know what's happened. But the point is that when, uh, what happened is that you find yourself more and more pushed and pulled by these forces and space-time itself sort of closes around you and becomes more and more slow in some sense. And at some point, we strongly expect that generativity is not valid anymore because it's quantum mechanics. And so at this point, the prediction of generativity alone are not good. We shouldn't rely on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there is another point where we should not trust the prediction of generativity, which is, um, you were saying before that uh, Mr. Hawking told us, quite convincingly, I think we're all convinced of that, that a black hole slowly evaporates, so it becomes Smaller and smaller and smaller. It's a very long process. It can take, yeah. for, a a, for a stellar holes, black hole, can take billions of years. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, become mm-hmm. very, very small. and yeah. It becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. At some point it's so small, again, that we're very, the, the curvature just outside it is so strong, it's Planckian again, that we are deep in a quantum regime. Mm-hmm. So we cannot think that generativity outside the horizon is still good, okay? Now we are in quantum gravity. Mm-hmm. So everybody who says, uh, "Oh, we know from general relativity that black holes evaporate and disappear," boom. Well, the disappear part is that's the part wrong. that We
0: don't know about the evaporation part. We trust the
1: though. evaporation is reliable until they're very small. Yeah, the disappear is a guess, and so yeah. it's a guess. In my suggestion that this guess is wrong, they yeah. don't disappear, mm-hmm. right? And and the key point is that the answer is a quantum gravity answer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's not not just, we need a theory of quantum gravity to say which, what happened we at the end have. of evaporation.
0: So it's all a guess, even what you're talking we about. Have is a guess, qua-
1: too. We have loop quantum gravity. We have tentative theories, which we, not, tentative we don't theory, know yeah. if they're right. We yeah. not know <laughs> if they're right or wrong. Okay, that's the point. So that's uh, the point. We can, <clears throat> you can apply loop quantum gravity to try to tell
0: uh, the you the way, what happened uh, there. I, I will interrupt. I mean, you, you talk about calculations you've done in loop quantum gravity to try and support this. Yeah, But nothing yeah. about the picture you present seems to me to require loop quantum gravity at all. It's just a statement about quantum gravity that if space-time can tunnel it can tunnel and I don't see and then everything else is words and you could try and support it with tentative calculations in a theory whether it's string theory or loop quantum gravity but nothing about the idea that suddenly space-time changes its nature by a quantum tunneling event is inherent to loop quantum gravity it's just a statement about what might happen in gravity and will you agree with me or am I being too hard-headed no, to say I that to say that Every, no matter what, you can say you can support it at some level with calculations from loop quantum gravity, but it's still talk, it's still just a guess, right? Because we don't have a full theory, so it's still a guess. Uh,
1: yeah, of course. I mean, uh, uh, there are two different questions here. One is, uh, would another consistent theory of quantum gravity uh, give the same prediction? Mm-hmm. And uh, I would uh, expect that the answer is yes. Yeah, okay.
0: a, mm-hmm, I would. Well, well, I mean, if it happens? An- it better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One needs another consistent well, theory I mean, of any, gravity. I don't look, know. Let's many. face it. Any theory of quantum gravity is going to treat well, space and time as quantum objects, and it will apply yeah. fluctuations, tunneling. It'll it'll say that space and time do what quantum mechanics allows things to do. And any yeah. such, and that's one of the reasons why I argue to a universe from nothing. I, yeah. I you know it's quite possible yeah. that space time tunnels from nothing. And 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 you get a closed universe, and that's yeah. Possible. Here is
1: even here is even simpler. Yeah, here is even simpler. Namely, uh, I can describe the entire process as so a black hole forming and then becoming a white hole, and then uh, just I could just as a regular metric, regular space-time geometry, which satisfies the Einstein equations everywhere except in a little except jump. Except on that. Except ex- yeah. except where where I can write a smooth metric. And then you can come and say, look, any decent quantum theory of gravity should allow these little violations of the classical equation for a short while. Exactly. That's exactly what Yeah, yeah. It. and
0: I mean, that's the good way of saying it. The, the, the other way, and I think I said this again recently in a podcast, but my favorite cartoon of Sidney Harris, I don't know if you know the cartoonist, the science cartoonist, Sidney Harris. He has these two gentlemen at an equation, at, at a blackboard, and they're writing a long equation. And there's the first part and the second part. And in the middle, it says... And then a miracle occurs. And then one guy <laughs> says to another, you should be a little more specific right there, I think. <laughs> and in some sense, when we talk about quantum gravity, we're we're really in that middle piece, and we're saying a miracle occurs one way or another. It may yeah. be a well-motivated miracle, but until we have a full theory, we basically are saying, well, we don't understand what happens here, and here's something that might happen, and it plausibly yes. can happen. Did
1: yes. We? Now, we uh, completely. Uh, we, we don't have a... Full agreed theory, but we have a tentative theory, which is loop yeah. quantum gravity. So what you yeah. can do in loop quantum gravity, you say, well, let me take loop quantum gravity as an hypothesis and see whether loop quantum gravity in particular would allow that, okay? So you can write uh, basically the, the equation that gives you the probability of doing the jump. So you have the metric before the jump, you have the metric after, and, and you can compute the probability for this to happen as a function of the actual parameters of that and you do this calculation this calculation can be done in some approximation in some truncation uh, which means who knows that you know doing better would survive but within some truncation the result is that as long as the uh, horizon is large uh, and slowly shrinking as long as large the probability for this uh, jump to happen it's very small super mm-hmm. suppressed exponentially with a, with the yeah. ma- with the mass of the black hole but when it becomes small the probability goes rapidly to 1 and so you expect this to happen
0: well so yeah,
1: dimensionally you, that sort of make, makes sense it's what you would expect uh, but uh, uh, but this is less trivial than what because i was hoping that the theory would tell me that it happened for large black holes.
0: because oh, I could have uh, told it, you it wouldn't. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I, know, I would have but, guessed
0: it wouldn't. That's all. I would have been If it had told me that, I would have found the theory suspicious. Let me put well,
1: it that uh, Well, you know, I was hoping because it would, uh, you know, be very interesting experimentally. Yeah, it would be, it would very, obviously, it would be very
0: interesting, but, you know, life doesn't yeah. give you what you want. It gives you what it is. Uh,
1: life doesn't give you what you want. But look, I put a, a, a poor PhD student and said, please, do this calculation and give me this answer and the poor students were coming back and say it doesn't give you that answer they try harder well good, student. And good then, for the students you
0: know, good for the students yeah but, and, uh, and i think so that's then important i want to come the... back to that so the idea is that when the black hole shrinks enough so that it really becomes quantum mechanical strange things can happen but i want to fo- right. i mean we, we don't i want to focus given the amount of time we're going to spend and um on a few facets of this the horizon is one this yeah. weird horizon the fact that you point out when you fall in, you know, it, space seems to c- press around you, it stretches and you become yeah. spaghettified. And and you point out also that all of the mass of the star that collapsed is still there. It's just compressed yeah, into an, a region, this,
1: region yeah, the size what, of a
0: Planck a plank scale. I, th- I think everybody has the wrong intuition
1: here. And I one reason I've written the book, and I, including my colleagues, I mean, many yeah. of my colleagues, because the intuition that people have, uh, I think it's wrong for the, uh, the very technical thing, but it's yeah. very important for the yeah. intuition that people have is that the inside of the black hole is static, yeah. and there is a singularity down there at the center. So yeah. there's something like that, and down there in the center there's a singularity, and it's static, it stays yeah. there forever, and that's bullshit. That's not what happens. Is in the black evolving hole. inside exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, everybody. No, who, I think that's you know, a
0: very good discussion. The fact that. Case evolving. And you're saying that it's sort of stretching and stretching and stretching. And for a very, very old black hole, it's kind of stretched. It's very long. It's huge. It's huge. Exactly. And and you make the statement, and this is a different version of the statement that I've normally heard, but it's important to say that people realize that black holes do something that is truly miraculous. The horizon of a black hole from the outside, a black hole can be very small. But if you're inside the black hole, the space can be extremely huge. And exactly. Now, are you arguing it's extremely big because it's been stretching for a long time? Yeah. Or the uh, the argument I've often heard is that space and time reverse in argument and space becomes no, always that's forward. no, and that's time, not wrong. You could, you know, no. become spatial and you can look up and, and see back. No, this reverse,
1: this space and time reversing, I think, is just true in the Schwarzschild coordinates. It's not true. You just write the black hole in different coordinates. This is time is time, space is space. There's no reversing of space and time inside, there is okay. a reversing. Of the behavioral space, yeah, that, space becomes time-like, uh, and time becomes space-like. Right. So, so outside, uh, uh, static. So outside, if you move in time, nothing happens in the Schwarzschild metric. Mm-hmm. If you move in space, things change.
0: No, well, no, inside, guess, let let me push a little bit more on this because maybe maybe well because I think it's interesting and also want to see if we agree. When space becomes time-like, at times it becomes space-like. Since you've argued, well, but that wait, time wait, wait. It a, doesn't. It a, a doesn't. Illusion. What do you, what do you well, mean that space? space you can time only time move long. forward in in a black hole. No matter what you do, you move always forward in space towards towards the singularity. No matter what you do. No, right?
1: no, no! Into a black hole, you always move forward in time. It's just the the coordinate uh, r. It's a well,
0: time-like you move, coordinate. You don't move up. If you put your foot foot on the gas, you don't find yourself moving up in a black hole. Do you agree? That's right. That's right. I agree. You always really, yeah. so therefore space becomes timelike in the sense that it appears to have a unique direction, always forward towards the singularity. No, uh, uh, you but if you're if you're somewhere inside the black hole.
1: okay, yeah. in a little in a little little region, mm-hmm. your metric around you is,
0: is Minkowski. It's completely normal. Yeah. Well, yes, but but you point out that space-time becomes squished, so it. Less yeah. and less so, it becomes harder and harder yeah. to think it as Minkowski. Yeah. It becomes so, more and more I agree. like something I agree. with just a space having a direction and a time having a f- past and future. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So space is moving around you
1: in a in a dramatic way. Is it, the real the, anyway
0: to get back to the question, is would you say that the reason that the space inside of a black hole is large while the outside of a small is specifically because it's been stretching? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah and
1: in fact okay. you can you can put it uh, uh, rigorously ma- mathematically you can define uh, uh, in it it's um, in in general relativity you, you can take a, a a sphere and ask what is the volume inside but it's a bit tricky because uh, yeah. the, it can chase different foliations right yeah. so what what is the volume inside and if you think one way of defining volume inside uh, in a in, in, in Mikoski, you choose the foliation which maximizes volume. Because, uh, it, it, if you think, uh, if you think in one less dimension, if you have a circle, uh, any other, uh, foliation, uh, it's, it's a less area because a light cone is zero area, right? Mm-hmm. So the flat one maximizes. So if you ask what is the foliation that maximizes volume inside, so you can define a volume. And uh, you, if you if you take Charlesu, for instance, same curve, but Charlesu is uh, actually not Charlesu is with a, with a with a falling star inside. Uh, when you move along the horizon, you ask how the volume grows inside. You just get a formula, and you have a formula which is a maximal uh, the foliation that maximizes the volume inside. It just grows; it goes linearly uh with uh, with a synthetic time with a, with a advanced time. So there is a precise. Sorry, maybe this this was tech, a bit too technical. No, 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 but no there's idea. a okay. Wow. There's a precise mathematical sense in which, uh, as time passes, the volume inside uh, uh, it becomes bigger and bigger because it shrinks. Okay, because sorry. Because it becomes longer. It the tube will become longer. Stretches. The word it is stretches. Stretches. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Stretches. Stretches. The, the, the this tube become longer. Longer, sure. longer, longer. This, if
0: we had this discussion in Italy, I'd be much less coherent than you are in it, in English. So, okay. so, <laughs> Thank you. Don't worry about it. Okay. Thank, Thank you. Um, right. Okay. So, 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 the, so this becomes, is important. It becomes
1: longer and, and, and at the same time it shrinks. Now the shrinks is the right word. Yeah, You're pointing the, the radial at point, direction.
0: At some point, it shrinks so little that Entire along the entire length of it, if you want to call it length, yeah. you're now in the quantum regime.
1: Exactly, exactly. And you can
0: suddenly tunnel to a classical picture, which exactly. is exactly the same as the as the old classical picture with time reversed, if you want to call it that. Exactly, where, exactly. Where the, where instead of shrink, instead of stretching, it's shrinking. Exactly, exactly. And and, 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 and that's a plausible th- quantum mechanical process. And you exactly. argue that that's interesting. Exactly, well, first it's possible. Exactly and it's interesting and so i want to i want to talk about in the in the last few minutes why why it may be interesting and why i have concerns about that okay and 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 then and then and and then we might leave it there and then i want to come back to your i want to come back at the end to art and literature and politics again believe it or not okay. in the end that's where we're heading um, um so so one of your points is that this solves the information paradox.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Look, because once it's made this tunneling, everything comes out. Yeah. And all now. So here are my objections to that, and I have many of them. Uh, where can I begin? Well, the first one is the simplest one. Um, and it is that at the point this has happened, everything has shrunk down to this Planck scale, and all of the mass of the star... That was originally there, ignoring evaporation for the moment, because really what's happened is a very small fraction of the mass of the star is still there. But
1: pretend yeah, is still
0: there. Because you talk about it in one case if it is, but really as you point out later, all of this only becomes relevant when the whole when the the when the black hole is largely evaporated. So it's really very little mass left over. Very little mass it's Another problem. But but here's the thing it's crushed. To the point where all the quarks and all all of the protons and all of the neutrons and all of the, the 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 Cadillacs and the and the and the people and everything else that have fallen into the black hole, the alien civilizations, the planets have all been crushed down to the Planck size. So what comes out has no relationship to what fell in. So there's no information about what fell in in the first place. So what's the problem? What? How do you get around that problem? I mean, it's already gotten to the point where everything that you might have imagined would give you information about what fell in has disappeared because the character of everything that, that's fallen in has now been crushed to the Planck scale and comes out as elementary particles or whatever you want. But it's not going to come back. If a Cadillac fell in, it's not going to come out. If a Cadillac fell in, it's
1: not going to come out. But the um, the, the the minimal size of the squashing is not the Planck length. It's bigger because what determines the being in the quantum region is the planck curvature and the planck curvature is the mass divided by okay. like okay good good point so it's it's uh, it's actually uh uh scaled up by uh the cubic root of the mass of the uh divided by the planck mass so uh there is plenty of space for imp- information for going through it does the 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 squeezing it's not, uh, it's not, this is a similar story, which uh you might know better in the in the, in the bouncing universe.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, I know. Uh, picture, runs, also yeah, uh, it with.
1: doesn't, it's not that the universe becomes Planck scale. It's a no, curvature no, becomes Planck, yeah. yeah, yeah the universe yeah, yeah. can be much I have, larger. By the
0: way, I have equal problems with the bouncing universe, so let me make that clear. Okay. But, <laughs> but but let me ask you something I hadn't thought of before, and and maybe it's, are you really saying Suggesting that it's really time reversal invariant in the sense. Remember, you've made a tunneling. You've made a tunneling so you can match on the curvature and the nature of space. But you're really, um, you're really not. Are you? But you're. You're really not suggesting that that white hole, as it pushes no. things out, all of these quarks come together. To form Lawrence Krauss. No, 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 no. Exactly. Far, I didn't far. think you were. So it's not a complete no, no, no. time reversal. We're falling no. in, you see Lawrence Krauss being spaghettified and stretched. And, and, that, and that's it. Bye bye, Lawrence Bye bye, and Lawrence, then bye Krauss. By Lawrence Krauss. It, yeah, so yeah. Coming yeah, yeah. out, Lawrence <laughs> Krauss isn't there. So I still no. don't understand exactly where, the, okay. how you solve the information loss problem.
1: Okay. So, um, okay. So, first of all, uh, think about a bouncing ball. Yeah. Okay. There is a simple description, sort of mechanics 101 where it bounces. And when it comes out, it's just exact time reversal yeah. of what goes down. And then okay? it, you're going to say in real life, it doesn't come up as high
0: because it loses. You realize
1: energy. that because exactly because there's dissipation. So, uh, the, the actual bounce itself has a lot of time reversal to first approximation, but actually there is a lot of dissipation. So in the. Black hole case, obviously there's a lot of dissipation. And in fact, uh, the Hawking radiation is dissipative. It's a very
0: dissipative phenomenon. Oh, it's, right? a, it's, it's a, dissipative. It's, that's, that's the problem. That's the origin of the dis- information loss problem. It's horrendously dissipative. There's no information in thermal radiation except the temperature. It, exactly,
1: exactly. So it's very dissipative. It raises entropy horrendously. Right. So um, the, what comes out, uh, uh, it's definitely not the exact time reversal of what goes in. And in fact, if you start from a black hole, it becomes small and then uh, the uh the white hole is small so it doesn't become the big black hole now the energy doesn't come
0: out from the white hole the energy is already gone out with uh, uh, a uh, and and i we should ha- elaborate ha- let me let me just go back because i don't think yeah. i we explained that to the public your picture is that hawking radiation co- continues until the black hole from the outside becomes Plant-like. Roughly blank, yeah. Well, yeah, roughly and, blank and, yeah. And then, and then it, and then it, it stops in a white hole and does yeah. its thing. So most of the, most of the history of a black hole is the same as a conventional That's picture. That's correct. Okay. Most good. of the Which history is, is, is the same. That causes problems and, for me too. But anyway, go on. No,
1: no. Most of the same, oh, uh, the, uh, sorry, black hole is the same as the conventional picture. The, 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 the next part is different. When the Hawking radiation uh, goes out, there is Hawking radiation that falls in. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this can be computed and it has negative energy. Okay. Yeah, there's sure. a flow, that's there's a flux the of ne- negative negative yeah. energy. Right. That's why. And the negative energy of the incoming uh uh Hoke radiation eats up the energy of the star, if you want. Okay. Yeah. So that's why there's no energy inside. Yeah. But that's the story of the energy, the story of the information. The information doesn't do that. The information is still there, so you need uh, that's why the remnants live so long, that's why the white hole lives so long because well, you have little energy and lots of information. And to bring out a lot of information with little energy, you need a long time, right? It's like, yeah, well, uh, that's
0: your next argument, and I have problems with that too. But let, let, okay, so the argument is y- your point is that somehow the energy is there, the en- yeah. information is there, and 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 somehow the information comes out. You haven't explained to me how. The information comes out because because it's it's not coming out as Lawrence Krauss or Cadillacs, which have all been destroyed. It's particles. And as far as I know, I can understand how energy can come out. But I can't nothing about the procedure you've given me tells me where the information comes out, except there's a lot of quanta. There might be a lot of quanta, but then I have a problem with that, too, because there, there are a lot of low energy quanta. Right. so yeah, well, if you no, think about no but now I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too carlo but maybe I'm you know I'm happy to be wrong um here here's you the you've got a very small' let's do all of our calculations outside the black hole what you see coming out is what matters I don't care what's going on whether there's a gazillion long mile mile long neck and you know and 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 whatever it's inside could be arbitrarily complicated but outside I'm seeing let's say of 10 of them Five gram black hole or something where the Planck scale is important. It's already it's the Planck size, and and it's and and so now, now now and and the whole point about this is you can what you what you can do in your picture, is match on it's lovely. You do it in general relativity all the time. You match on these two different pictures. You you glue them at the center, and you don't apparently see any problem. But from as observed from the outside, I see lots of problems. Okay. One is, let, here's one, and then we'll talk about the long time and quantum. But here's one. There's a sudden discontinuity because in, in the Hawking picture, by the time the black hole has gotten down to close to the 10 of the 5 grams or whatever the Planck's size black hole is, it's incredibly hot. It's unbelievably yeah. hot. It's radiating like crazy. But then right. when your flip happens, it doesn't look the same that's at right. all. It's suddenly a white hole that's almost got zero temperature. So, that's suddenly, right. there, when you look at it from the outside, there's an incredible right. discontinuity.
1: There is, there is. And this is the same as if you have a, uh, a very excited atom, mm-hmm. to radiate, to radiate, it goes down to the lowest, and then it it stops. And then maybe there is no, a- no,
0: but no, no, but that's, but no, no, but with an excited atom, it radiates and radiates and cools down. With a black hole, it's radiating and radiating and heating up. And that's it a fundamental up. difference. It heating so up at that stage, you have an incredibly hot thing, which when you suddenly have your white hole picture, you suddenly have a very cold thing. That's so right. something that's happens right. to that temperature. There's a discontinuity. And I, 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 I think it needs to be addressed. And I don't understand how you go from the outside. It, you know, from the inside, it looks like it's fine. You go from a black hole to white hole, things falling in, things going out. Nothing seems discontinuous or singular. But in this case, when there's I see the thing evaporating, there's a transi- there's a hotter transition. and hotter and hotter, turns a white hole, it's suddenly very cold, and suddenly that's I have right. a discontinuity in temperature. And maybe it's there, maybe I just don't understand it, but it's a problem for me to picture. And that's right. I mean,
1: uh, black holes have a... In this heat capacity, right. That's yeah, why they, they, have, have they have this explosion. Negative
0: specific heat, which is really weird. Right. It's proper, negative it's a, specific heat. Gravity energy. allows it, of course, but it's yeah. gravity allows it, is is that. So that's we, we got used uh, to I, that. I should say, in full disclosure, up there is my PhD thesis, which involved the idea of tunneling black holes in the beginning of the universe. So I've thought a lot about this, okay?
1: Okay, okay 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 so maybe i should look at what what yeah, you've done definitely no one's ever read so, my
0: thesis to, me, to as far as i consider. well maybe there's there, is but there somebody are a few letter papers about it early on so you can you can read those okay so the picture here
1: is that uh, um the, the the black hole becomes hotter and hotter and radiates more and more um as it, uh, it 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 its area shrinks, the area of the horizon shrinks, and remember that this is a uh, we're thinking this in of quantum gravity. So the area shrinks if you want uh, uh, quantum mechanically by going by jumping down rapidly to uh, uh, eigenvalues of the area uh, yeah. more and more and more until it settles on the, the there's an area gap between the minimal area and zero. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't set to zero, it sets, it sets on the minimal area, Yeah. but the probability amplitude of the last jump, it's very, very small, that's the point, okay. because Go it has ahead. all these things inside uh, there. Uh, okay. So it has uh, burned out everything it can send out, uh, and and the last thing it could send out, uh, it takes very, very long time. The last jump, it's very improbable. So, so quantum mechanics- So mechanically-
0: you're saying that walking radiation stops and it cools yeah. down. That's right, that's right, that's a picture. It doesn't do it discontinuously. It does it pretty so it abruptly. it stops radiating, it slows down, stops radiating, and that's cools right. down. That's, that's your a, picture.
1: That's a picture. And what happened next, okay, is that it still has to uh, spit out, if you want, uh, one Planck mass of energy and a huge amount of entropy. Yeah. Now, if you think about just photons, uh, uh, you can have one plank mass of entropy and a huge amount of uh, 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 one Planck mass of energy and a huge amount of entropy. It's possible with photons, but you need very, very long wavelength photons, you need very little, small mm. energy photons. You have a lot, a lot of them. Okay, and wave long, fo- uh, very wave, uh, very long wave photons. Uh, you know, require a lot of stretch, a lot of time if, yeah. if you want.
0: Well, okay, so this that's is my next problem. Forces... You have introduced the other problem I have. So you yeah. would argue that the information loss problem is solved somehow in still ways I still can't see because if it's thermally radiated, you haven't solved anything.
1: Okay. No, it's not thermally radiating.
0: So what I'm saying- If it's very is coherent, that, okay, fine. Let's say it's that very this coherent. This
1: final, what I'm saying is that this emission that there, which all these photons, okay, of course you have zillions of different ways of emitting photons. Yeah. And these are unitary related to the zillions of different ways things could fall in inside.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, so information I still don't quite understand the picture, but I see I, I know where you're getting, but now let me give you my next problem. And then and yeah. then that's it. I don't wanna I don't I didn't want it, this this podcast to be. No, it's very I think good. it's that's important it. for people to see physicists debating, it. but I'm yeah my purpose it. is not to it. try and, and destroy sure. the picture. It's just I have problems with it. Um the other is It's a fundamental problem in physics. Again, I like to live outside the black hole where everything's simple and I can understand what's going on. Jumping between frames always causes problems, but let's all stay outside the black hole. Yeah, yeah. Outside the black hole, you have an object of extremely small area. Yeah. And everything I know about physics tells me that that object cannot emit long wave radiation. In particular, it can't emit wavelengths that far exceed the scale of the horizon. That that, that oh. any vibrate any mode that's gonna be emitted by a, an extremely small object. It it can I mean, it, <clears throat> not it's not, not gonna be not, not gonna be coherent over extremely large scales.
1: If you're in Minkowski space-time, that's true. But if you're not in Minkowski space-time, that's not true. Look, imagine that you have this very teeny hole. Okay, and and you're going to say, but this is not possible in Minkowski, time, It's possible in generativity. And imagine that uh, it uh, it it a variable there oscillates very very slowly. Yeah. Okay. that is, it might produce a very slow. Now the question is, wait a moment. How can it oscillate very slowly if the spacing time is small? Yeah. Uh, you need some, but if inside that's generativity. Inside the things, there's a long, long tube. Yeah, I know, but remember, we're
0: only seeing radiation from the horizon. So we're stupid people. We're not stupid. We're we're physicists who are far away, and we're looking at this object. You're right, inside it can be arbitrarily complicated. But outside, I say that object has to obey the laws of physics that I understand. And outside, I see a very small object somehow emitting very slowly varying radiation. And that, that certainly goes against most of the conventional wisdom that I would say that's how you can yeah, tell about time variability of stars and other things. Yeah, we know. I know, we know that there's some size and that. I know. That, you know, <laughs> I, know
1: and, I know. It it goes against what you usually use in in astrophysics. Yeah. Or in or in in uh, even in particle physics. Yeah, even a particle like physics. That. It yeah, but if appears. you think, but I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, Orin, that if you think carefully, you're going to agree with that, because uh, there is another dimension there that you see, which isn't there in astrophysics. A star is a star. It well, doesn't it's have another a huge dimension inside
0: the horizon. But once again, I think we. We all agree. Let that me put you it this see way: what goes suppose, on the
1: horizon. suppose you have a window of 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 of, uh-huh. a, of a building, okay, uh-huh. and in this window you see something oscillating, okay, the light yeah. going on, on and off, okay. Yeah. Now nothing prevents you. The size of the window doesn't uh, limit the, ha- the the period of oscillations. It does well, not. A, it's a, no, a fact. it
0: depends on the size of the switch. I think you're allowing the switch to be arbitrarily big and the size of the window to be arbitrarily small sure if i have a little hole in a window i can see it os- it doesn't matter how big the hole is i can certainly see slow oscillations but that's cuz my switch and whatever is turning it on or off inside is is large and i just don't know if i can buy that anyway it's something i have to come to grips with let's leave it yeah, as but the, we prefer the, to, the, for the moment to this leave is it. A, okay I'm no no but, but i wrong. see
1: i see your i see your objection and i think it's uh, it's what uh, uh it's, it's intuition of many people balk bulk, uh, at that, but I think that it, it connected to what we discussed previously: the strangeness of a teeny, teeny
0: object uh, inside which there's a huge volume. Yeah, no, no, I I agree that it's I agree with everything you said up to the last. I mean, and it is incredibly strange inside, but it shouldn't be strange outside, and that's my concern. But anyway, let's let's uh, leave that. There's only one thing that, I mean, those I kind of mightily disagree with. There's only one thing in the end of your book that I have to say, as someone who's thought a lot about dark matter, that you kind of sneak in and, and have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, you argue it's, that it's, white it's, holes it. could be somewhat dark matter. Let me tell yeah. you, I, it, it doesn't add up to me. Because in order to be dark matter, you'd have to have a heck of a lot of white holes, which means you'd have to have that, a heck of a lot of really big black holes, comparable to the mass of our universe, that, that evaporated down at some early time to produce lots of white holes, a minuscule mass white holes which then add up to be the mass comparable to the mass of galaxies and clusters of galaxies it's wishful thinking in my opinion but let me just point it out that way i think okay. i understand you'd like it and it would be lovely if we're there we'll bet a bottle a bottle of italian wine against oh uh, uh, we would i'm happy a, a to bet a bottle a of italian wine <laughs> and a lovely italian meal you and don't like fact, the you don't, that's one you of those don't like where the be bounce, happy right? Well you
1: don't, uh, yeah, sure. You don't like the 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 big bounce, right? You're no, not, I, not a fan of the fan big, of the big bounce, bounce.
0: But this is independent of that. I think I think no, it's not up, of that. No, no, no. you not have enough white dark matter. No, no, it's not independent, in matter, no, it's not independent of.
1: No, it's not independent of that. It it, it is connected to that because uh, if you liked the big bounce. The, the the big black holes could be the previous universe. Yeah, in previous yeah, 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 yeah,
0: But yeah, I know. But uh, then I think it's even weirder. So let's not get there. Okay, great. It's fascinating to think about. It's it's the descriptions of, of general relativity and what happens if you fall in a black hole are lovely, and I enjoyed reading. it. It's an easy light read. I, I I'm suspicious about a number of key factors, and I'm I'd bet an Italian bottle of wine that it's not true. But no, but that's okay. That's I I hope people have seen that physicists can, can have discussions. And that's part of the reason I wanted to go into the details. So I think it's nice for people to see. And I did this with Roger Penrose too, a little may Some people may have said a little too aggressively. Um, It's physicists argue, and that's the way we make prog- progress. And we don't always agree. Let me, let me just conclude in the last few minutes. And I've really enjoyed the conversation. I hope you have, Um. you, you know, we're both science communicators at some level now, and certainly, um, levels of success um you spend time so science communication is important to you why
1: it just happened it was not a decision uh as you hinted at some point i was uh, you know writing articles for italian newspapers and somebody suggested yeah. to put it in a book and then people started reading my books and uh, it was lovely to find so you so it many sort of people. fell into it Right. Yeah, and then I loved the reaction of the people. I mean, I really like readers to... It's, isn't it I wonderful mean, if, when
0: you find people actually read it? And yeah,
1: yeah, and I feel that uh, they find something out in my books, and that's so great. Also, you know, I've been... A lot of my... Life has been sort of an outsider, one way yeah. or the other. Yeah, a little bit an outsider to, to most of humankind because you know I was a rebellious youth. I was a rebellious scientist. Uh, I came out with uh, you know with friends with uh, Luke quantum gravity or many people were doing strings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there always being a sort of, um, uh, and I always had uh, political ideas which were not really matching with what everybody we'll talk about thinks. Those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I always felt myself a little bit disconnected from the rest of humankind. At some point, I started writing, and I got millions of people uh, writing to me and a "Wonderful!" Suddenly, you're the ultimate me.
0: insider, right? Because you sell best-selling uh, books. Well, I now...
1: wouldn't say that. I I, I would hope okay. that, but uh, uh, but certainly not a
0: disconnected from everybody as I thought before. That's a nice feeling. It's good. Yeah, you have been. I I can say, as yeah. a physicist, I've always thought of sort of. I've watched you and Lee and I sort of sort of see it in at least in the physics perspective as coming up outside the mainstream and, and right and proudly so. And it's really was interesting to see you, you know, to suddenly see um um yep. y- you know, most great physicists of the past and it become Yeah, it was interesting to see that. Let me let me most uh, most most great that, physicists
1: of the past were outside, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: The you know one of the things you write about in this book and you mention is something I've thought a lot about because it's involved because if one writes about physics as well as thinks about physics analogies are important um, at various levels and one of the big problems not you with you so I'm not saying it but one of the big problems that many people who write about science have is pushing analogies beyond their domain of validity um, and it's one has to be very careful if one's explaining things and using an analogy to say it's an analogy and it works and there's a wonderful sentence um a few sentences i wanted to just ask you to elaborate and say making an analogy involves taking an aspect of a concept and using it in another context preserving something of its original meaning while letting something else go in such a way that the resulting combination produces new and effective meaning this is how the best science works I was really intrigued by that. And I, I, it's a lovely set, set of sentences. And it really, I think it captures how, uh, by the way, my cat is meowing because he wants to eat soon. So we're going to have to end in a bit. But but um, it's different than many people use analogies because the whole point about analogy is that you capture there, which I think is so important, is that you have to let things go. That when I make an analogy of a bed sheet for a curved universe, you know, and put a rock on it, which so many people do it's not an exact analogy and you have to and you have to understand where you're letting go but what many people too many people do is not make the point that you're that that you're you have to let things go and explain where what you're letting go but yeah and and if you don't do that you come up with bad science and bad explanations and i think you're absolutely right that we we proceed by thinking an analogy in as scientists to things we know But at some point, we have to realize those analogies break down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a very good point. We uh, analogies are fundamental. I think we think in terms of of, of analogies all the time, both when we do science and when we try to explain science. Uh, But the point about analogies is exactly what you're saying that they're not, uh, they're partial, but that's not a defect.
0: No, It's, not, it's, it's not. not a
1: good analogy. Yeah, it is a good analogy
0: because there's something in common and something different. That's yeah, what the no, good I, analogy is. right? It's a really important point. To, and people always stress the similarity of analogies and not the differences. And I I, I think it's really important if one's going to do science or communicate to stress that. So I, I just wanted to say I like the I like the discussion Thanks. of treating analogies as differences. Um, you also have throughout your writing career and i didn't know this when i first knew you as a scientist uh, we didn't spend a lot of time i haven't spent a lot of time talking science in the past but but obviously art and literature are central to your yeah um, your being and i've always argued that that's a, that's what makes science worthwhile it's indistinguishable from art and literature all of them cause us to have new perspectives of our place in the cosmos yeah, that's but, right. That's the but, way I think about it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I guess I want to ask you to elaborate. I mean, it's clear, you know, not just in this book, Dante, you, you, these are not just, this isn't just window dressing. These no, are something it's not window that, is, that is, is central to your being a science from your history.
1: Yeah, it's not just embellishment. I think that uh, uh, the way I view science, it's a part, uh, that's what fascinated me on science. It's part of our con- co- constant uh, effort to, to get to understand the universe better, yeah, uh, there are absolutely. many ways of doing. There many ways of doing science. Some people just like solving problems, and uh, and uh, it's uh, everybody has its own way, and they're all good. I don't want to challenge the others, but for me, science is uh, uh, we learn more about the universe. We get new eyes to look at the things. Well,
0: and I mean, uh, for, go on. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt.
1: No, and this is what makes it. That's a similarity with uh, uh, with arts and also philosophy in a sense. So these are all efforts to give a larger perspective. And as I've written, uh, you 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 study Einstein and you learn how to better think about the reality, but also you read Shakespeare and you learn to uh, better things about humankind. Of well, course, with absolutely. all the differences, not the same thing. It's a, yeah, absolutely. Like an analogies. analogy, there are huge difference in tools and methods and everything, which are extremely and important. There are ways Make of being
0: human. I mean, that's the whole point. You know, I don't think culture, I don't think revelation is the same as science, or or not does a Picasso painting the same as science? They're very different. No, are they're different not facets. And and I and I just, it's the reason. I, I, the reason I relate to it so much is it's central to my being too. And I don't know how much you know about me, but. But it is. And, and yeah. it's one of the reasons why this podcast is the way it is. I talk to you, but I also talk to writers, actors, directors, because to me, the whole point of my foundation and much of what I've written, much of my life, is that science and culture are not separate. They're part of the same thing. They're all part of humanity's quest to have re un, uh, have a new understanding of their place in the cosmos, and that's why yeah, I try and yeah. bounce, bounce around.
1: Yeah, and I find uh, that the gaps, huge gaps in our understanding, but I don't find that there is a contradiction between the scientific picture of the world and the way the world is uh, from the perspective of an artist, of a writer, no, no. Of, I do, of a novelist. I do when it comes to religion, There's but complexity I don't when it comes to that- art
0: and and, no, and no, sure
1: sure sure no i mean we can disagree and we can we can have different opinions and some can be right some can be wrong i'm not yeah. saying that <laughs> some no, no. some ideas can be wrong uh 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 but i i think that we should not uh uh,
0: uh we should see the compatibility between things sometimes. oh yeah absolutely uh, well, and something that's something we both agree on and i i wanted to yeah. celebrate that because i kind of figured when we had this podcast we'd 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 um We'd 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 have this disagreements, and I want to point out that although we have disagreements about some things, our fundamental pictures and what motivates us, both as scientists and writers and other things, are uh, are the same in many ways. And we both and I think that's really important. The, the, the I, yep. I, I enjoy the connections to art and literature, and I I try in my own books to do that as well. And in fact, one of my books, which is about the fascination with extra dimensions, well, I think it was called "Hiding in the Mirror," was really written mostly because I want to understand the historical and artistic fascination with Mm -hmm. extra dimensions as much as science and there was a tremendous fascination in the 18th and 19th centuries and and i and i and it gave me an excuse to go back and and look at that from 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 uh from artistic perspectives and written perspectives but now politics which we also i think share we're both from the left initially i'm not i'm becoming maybe less left but and i admire both what you did as a student and some of the other politics you've done um Politics is is intruding on science right now at least in this country and in Canada. In this country, we're both in Canada. But in the United States and in Canada. Any any comments you don't have to say anything if you don't want to, but I'm I've written a lot as you may be aware because I'm concerned about the intrusion of ideology into governing science and unfortunately while it used to come from the right it's now coming from the left. And and I'm concerned about it. Anything you want to say about that?
1: No, I mean what what concerns me more, and what is my political engagement right now, is in a different direction, in a different uh, world, which is I see the world uh, uh, getting more and more belligerent and going toward uh, toward war. So I see a war coming out with China, and uh, I think that the West is making mistake.
0: Yeah, I just was going to pick up my cat. I told you my cat is starving, and so but I but I want to get this point now I've just scared him away so let's go
1: so I think that the the west is making mistakes uh and uh so this is not being a pacifist by you know being naive and being yeah. ideological I think we're the west should realize that the world has changed and find a better way to get get along with the rest of humankind
0: and it is not doing that Oh, we certainly are, outside. The, but I'm also talking about academia and inside the West. And no, no, that's what uh, I'm and, saying. And is that I, my to my, my about, attention not being able has to ask been ask questions more... in universities, which I think both of you and I we're both rebels in other ways. But but being able to say something provocative and rebellious should be the centerpiece of education. It shouldn't be what gets you removed from education. Do you agree?
1: Well, I personally uh have never experienced uh any limitation so far. So I uh both in in Europe and in Canada, I haven't been in the United States for a while after my ten years in the yeah. 90s. So I've uh, I see ideological battles, I see wars and stuff, uh, and I do agree that there is a, a radicalization that sometimes uh, uh squeezes the debate. Uh, I agree. Uh, I I I I don't think we are at the moment in which in the West there is
0: limitation of uh, freedom of speech. Do you think there are there is? Oh, I see it all the time. But but maybe I think that's because I relate to. Uh, happily, you're uh, happily for you you avoid it. But but I'm worried, and that's why I write about it. Um, because I think it's central to, to not just democracy but science. The what I might say, uh, say is that
1: my 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 say that my languages, my my books have been translated in many languages. Yes, and only two countries have uh, I have experienced the uh, uh, sort of censorship from the publisher. The publishers say, "No, you shouldn't say that because it's not good." Yeah. And the only two countries where this
0: has happened are China and the United States. Interesting. Well, that we'll leave that. Well, uh, that's interesting. Um, maybe we'll leave that there. What I want to say is, I want—I think we both recur, encourage rebels and young people to ask new questions. And I know you try and think outside the box, uh, and and I encourage that. I, you know, and sometimes you think outside the box, you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. Uh, we can disagree on things, but I encourage—I encourage people to ask questions, and that's why I do what I do. And I'm glad you're asking these questions and willing to provoke and provoke me and others. And it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I hope, I hope that you've enjoyed it Yeah, as well. I loved it.
1: I loved it very, very much, uh, all, all aspects of it. But I think you should take care
0: of your cat. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to feed my cat yeah. now. And yeah, uh, I, I, by the way... I, in feel, case, I feel bad otherwise. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I knew the animals would be, would be, high, would be hungry. Um, uh, but, but just so you know, we talked originally about going two hours, and he said, no, we can't. Well, we've gone two and a half, just so you know. Oh, I'm but sorry for the it was so much mission. fun, it seemed like a second. It's just like being inside a black hole or an outside a black hole. Time is different. As as Einstein once said when describing relativity, if you're ha- having a fascinating conversation, he didn't use these words, but if you're having a fascinating conversation, an hour can seem like a minute. If you're sitting on a hot stove, a minute could seem like an hour. So I hope it was <laughs> a former it. for us and not the latter. It's very and nice, I hope it was the, very nice. Former for all the nice. listeners. You take care, Carlo, and we'll see <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, man. Bye. Oh, oh, bye bye. Okay, okay bye bye. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. This podcast is produced by the Origins Project Foundation, a nonprofit organization whose goal is to enrich your perspective of your place in the cosmos by providing access to the people are driving the future of society in the 21st century and to the ideas that are changing our understanding of ourselves and our world. To learn more, please visit originsprojectfoundation.org.